himself is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. This is Voice America Sports live at the Player Network event. Let's talk about a little bit about the football game. We've got young men here who are for the first time for many of them and then for the second and third and some perhaps maybe even a 10-year veteran who has taken the opportunity to apply his education. You know that athletes are student athletes and they've taken the time to take the benefit of leveraging their celebrity status as an athlete to apply it to the business side, the student side of that student athlete. It's a great day down here in Miami, Florida. It's hot. I think it's somewhere around 70 plus, close to 80 degrees, but it's cool inside. Uh, we, of course, are here at the Hyatt on 2nd Avenue. For those of you who may be interested, if you're here in Miami and you want to come down to the Hyatt on 2nd Avenue, 2nd Southeast, and be a part of the Player Network event, uh, I'm sure if you check at the door and you have the proper credentials, uh, there's a chance that you can also uh, be a part of what's happening today. It's historical. It is historical because very few companies have had the pleasure of having a true partnership with the National Football League and its biggest game in the world, the Super Bowl. And this is the 10th year anniversary again, as I said. Uh, let me tell you again, we are at the James L. Knight International Center. It's at the Riverfront Central Ballroom. And of course, that is on 2nd Street or 2nd Avenue in Miami, Florida. And of course, it's a sanctioned Super Bowl event. Man, I just like to say that. Well, let me talk about a few other things. Why are we here? We're here because there's a Super Bowl. There's a Super Bowl being played. That Super Bowl is being played between the best team in the NFC and the best team in the AFC. And they were that way all year long. So it shouldn't surprise people that the New Orleans Saints and, of course, the Indianapolis Colts are playing in the Super Bowl. But the Super Bowl, as we know, it extends beyond just the game in itself. It, it, it extends uh, to the point whereas there are many things that we should take advantage of during this time. Corporate America likes to reward many of those that have partnered with them. And they've partnered with them. Uh, you have vendors, various vendors, uh, who have supported the NFL in some capacity. And we have a lot of vendors that are here with us today uh, that are a part of the 10th anniversary of the Player Network event. One of those, of course, is Bank of America. And we appreciate having them here with us today. Of course, we also have Wells Fargo Advisors with us here today. And we appreciate uh, having them as well. We've got a number of players who have their own companies of which they are entrepreneurs. They have already started to put their education to work. And we're going to have many of those players joining us today. Not only that, but this won't just be Ray Ellis. And I'm sure you hear a lot of activity going on in the background. You may hear a little music. Uh, you may hear a conversation. But this is unique. This is live. Uh, it's not memory. This is definitely live. Uh, but let me go on to say, you have some other players who, of course, here are here with us uh, that are on the network, and uh, they also host their own show, and they're here to broadcast live from the Player Network event. Uh, later on, we're going to have Des Clark. Des is going to stop by, 
And uh, Dez is going to host his own show here, live from Miami, of course. Uh, Kwame Lasseter is here. Kwame Lasseter Sports is here. And Kwame will bring his show from you, for you, from Miami, uh, live. Uh, Dave Dorson. Dave, as a matter of fact, is being honored by the Player Network event uh, for his success and his transition as an athlete to a successful businessman. Uh, we also are going to have with us one of our new show hosts, and that is Nick Murphy. And Nick Murphy, of course, hosts his show here on Voice America Sports. And Nick's show, of course, is Murphy's Law. That shouldn't surprise you. Uh, a punter with a show by the name of Murphy's Law. What goes up must come down. <laughs> Nick will come down to the microphone. And Nick has an interesting business himself. And he'll get a chance to share with you uh, about his business. Uh, I'm happy to have with me for the second year in a row, of course, uh, the man that makes it all happen, and that is Ryan Treasure. He is uh, our vice president uh, in the capacity of which uh, he takes care of all the broadcasting. Make sure that, of course, when it's time for me to get my chance to say what I have to say to the world, that everything flows properly. And I appreciate having Brian, Ryan on location with me as well. Uh, not only that, for the second year in a row, I have our uh, president with us, Jeff Spinard. And for those of you out there that do not know, I want to take this chance to share it with the world that, of course, uh, Jeff Spinard is the president of World Talk Radio. And World Talk Radio, of course, doing business as Voice America Sports. Voice America and Voice America Sports is one of our channels on the network. This is an exciting time. I, you know, Lemont Williams is going to be here as well. And uh, Lemont Williams, of course, hosts the show Outside the Huddle. Lemont has been live here in Miami all week long, providing insight, real-time information to the network. And, and Lemon is somebody that there's, there can't possibly be anybody who works any harder than uh, Lemon Williams. And Lemon's been doing an excellent job, and we appreciate the work. Lemon has been able to um, bring us information on Radio Row. Uh, Lemon has been to just about every press conference there is. Uh, he also was able to call in live and, of course, uh, speak to Dave Dorson on Dave's show. Uh, Lemont was about to go into the press conference of which uh, Demore Smith was going to give you information as to where we are and uh, we as current and former NFL players are in our negotiation with the National Football League and the collective bargaining agreement. And Lemont, of course, uh, brought that insight and that perspective for you. I believe Dave's show was on Thursday and got a chance to talk to him. And uh, he's doing an, an outstanding job. Lemont spends a lot of his time, and uh, he spends a lot of his time down in and in, in, in Houston, Texas. And of course, he uh, travels with them from time to time, not with the team, but travels with his show, also covering some some college teams. Uh, but Lemont, of course, again, uh, like we always do, Lemont will be live with us here from the Player Network event. Lemont's show, of course, um, as I say, he follows those Houston Texans, does an outstanding job outside the huddle. But, of course, again, we are live here in Miami. Uh, for, uh, we're going to do something a little different. Normally, we do allow you to call in 
But today, uh, because of technology and our online broadcast here in Miami, uh, you won't have the ability to call in. But uh, I'll tell you what, I'll give you my cell number. Text me in case you got a couple questions that you might want to ask me. And I'll, I'll respond to your text. And I'll let people know who texts me because uh, that's what we do here at Voice America Sports. And <laughs> we have the chance to do that. So here's my cell number. Wow. I can't believe I'm going to do this, but this is, this is proof. This is live. My cell number, 480-785-6427. Again, I repeat, my cell number, 480-785-6427. Feel free to text me, and I will respond to you as soon as possible. We got some young players coming in now. I'll tell you what, this is exciting. I mean, as a former player, as a former player who played this game, you know, I'm still a fan. You know, when I see the young fellas doing that thing, I'm, I'm excited about it. I get excited to see young men who are professional football players who understand the fact that they're not going to play this game the rest of their lives. There's some things they have to do. I just saw Mr. Troop walk by here. Mr. Troop, of course, is Guy Troop. Guy Troop is the founder and the CEO of Troop 21. Uh, he is a man that had a vision, that understood that there was a need, and he decided to address that need to provide this platform. And one of those things that he's decided to do is, of course, continue to work with us here at Voice America. And he understands that players want to have a voice. Players individually want to have their own individual brand. And we're going to make sure that we take care of that. And so I'm very much looking forward to have Guy here on the network with us. Uh, he's going to actually be on the show at about, uh, oh, about a half hour or so. Guy's going to be on the network, and he's going to, uh, you know, talk a little bit. And our president, Jeff Spinard, is going to be on, too. Jeff's going to be on with us with Guy Troops. And those two are going to talk about the collaboration of which we're working with. Uh, Jeff has uh, some insight, and he understands that uh, athletes like this platform. And that's what we've tried to do. We've tried to bring players here so that the players can let you hear from their perspective. There's something going on right now with a player, a former player. And I would imagine that this former player would like to have a platform where he could say what he'd like to say and, and, and somehow uh, get a chance to uh, talk about and defend himself. And uh, we'll do that. And uh, at, at one point in time, we'll do that. And we'll talk about a player's platform. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, of course, this is live, so I'm talking to somebody. Somebody was asking me a question, I addressed that question. So I want you people to know out there that this is live. And, of course, as I said, this is Voice America Sports live at the Player Network event. Let's talk about a little bit about the football game. There's a football game going on. I don't know if I've had the chance to really tell you who I think is going to win this football game. And it's, it's, it's really been hard because, it's, there's, you know, the Super Bowl is set up, and it's unique. It, it's won and it's done. It's unique than any other sport and any other competition out there in terms of when you crown somebody your champion, with the exception, I would say, of, of, a, of a boxing match. But it's a tournament, and it's won and it's done. Either you win or you lose. If you lose, you go home, and if you go home, you might as well come on down here with us and become a fan. But this is the first time in a long time that we've truly had 
the champions of the NFC and the champions of the AFC. And when you look at the champions of the, of the AFC, and everybody seems to just, all the focus seems to be on, on Peyton Manning. You know, if you eliminate Peyton Manning, what would happen? Would it change the game totally? Do you think if Peyton Manning was to go down, do you think that the Indianapolis coach stand a chance? Could they still win the football game? Could they? Who knows? But, okay, let's pose that question on the other side of the ball. If Drew were to go down, if Drew Brees were to go down, is he the heart and soul of the New Orleans Saints? Could they survive without him? Could they win a football game? More importantly, could they win the Super Bowl championship? Could they become champions of the world knowing that they don't have their quarterback anymore? That's a question I don't think many people have asked that. Now, we know that there's, you know, there's a possibility that Dwight Franey may not, he may not be in there with the coach. I mean, he's the heart and soul of that defense over there. Uh, you know, you don't find many players as good as he is today. You know, but we also felt that way about Bob Sanders. And Bob's not in the lineup with the Indianapolis Colts. See, there is something special about the Colts that I think is different than many other teams. And that is the fact that very few players are irreplaceable on that team. Their players can come and their players can go. And they just find a way to plug somebody in and still win football games. They, they, they just have the innate ability to make sure that anybody and everybody is ready. But I want you as fans to understand that every team does that. It just so happens that for some reason or another, there's two teams that really stand out to me. It's the Indianapolis Colts and the New England Patriots. And they just have interchangeable parts. They seem to have a nucleus of players, but they have other interchangeable parts, kind of like the Chicago Bulls or the Michael Jordan generation. There were, the nucleus was there, and that was Michael and Scotty. But there were some interchangeable parts around them that you had to have a third, a fourth, and a fifth man on the court to complete the team. And so when they did that, of course, you know, and they put the right interchangeable people there with the right chemistry, then everything worked out. So that's what I see when I look at the New England Patriots and when I look at the Indianapolis Colts over the past few years. I see that with those teams because they've moved some people in, they've moved some people out, and they've still won consistently. Now this year, of course, the New England Patriots didn't do it as much, and they weren't able to get the job done this year. But the Indianapolis Colts, they, they've got it done. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, their son, I mean, here's, I remember, come on, we didn't hear about this man being the superstar that he is now, but Peyton Manning can do that. Of course we knew Reggie, but the question was always, hey, can Reggie do what Marvin did for so many years? Hey, Reggie's doing it. You know, he, he is a, a great wide receiver. You know, Peyton Man, all of a sudden, the running game, can they sustain the running game? They have a running game that is adequate for what they need to win. On the defensive side of the ball, Bob Sanders isn't there anymore. Can they still do it? Hey, Bob is gone and somebody else has stepped in. That secondary is legitimate secondary. You know, so you, you have to stop and think about even the coach. And I'm going to say this when I say the coach. You know, it, it is so hard to do something for the first time in your life and to get it right. Near perfection. 
I mean, how many people have ever done anything right the first time they ever did in their life to the point where you perfected it? I don't know. Not too many people. Beginner's luck, ah, that's what they say. But here is a, here's a coach that possibly could have gone undefeated. He possibly could have gone undefeated, and the Indianapolis coach now could be sitting in a position, the same position that they're sitting in now, but they would be undefeated to the point where they could be playing for a Super Bowl championship team. The team could be playing for the Super Bowl championship trophy, and they could be undefeated. And, and that's, you know, that's a reality if we look at it you know, and change the glass and turn it upside down because of the fact that they made the decision that, you know, the Super Bowl is more important. So when they made that decision, of course, they didn't play some players. But, wow, can you imagine what that's like to do something for the first time? Now, I remember a quarterback who came into the league not necessarily, he, they weren't undefeated. But the Miami Dolphins did get it right Dan Marino's first year. Uh, but he got it right his first year. He didn't win that Super Bowl but he made it to that Super Bowl. But guess what? Never did it again. Never did it again. So it could be possible that here we have uh, the Indianapolis Colts under their first-year head coach. They may make it, but then they may not make it again. Uh, I have a guest that's sitting here with me. A uh, young man just uh, walked up and uh, talked a little football there. Hey, what's going on, Ray? Uh, I'm doing all right. How are you doing there? I'm and, doing and good. This young man is my special guest because he never gets a chance to come from behind the engineering booth and all those things he does. But he is an avid sports fan. And that is Ryan Treasure. And Ryan is our uh, vice president of broadcast. Yeah, vice president of broadcast operations. And uh, Ryan, I, I just, uh, first, I want to thank you for so many things that you've done. Oh, thanks for having Voice me America on. Sports. And uh, knowing that you are the avid sports fan that you are, <laughs> I wanted to put you on this microphone today. And I know you're having a great time here, but I, I just want to ask you, I know you're an avid Cardinal fan. Yep, yep, absolutely. And and last year we had a great time. Yep. We had a chance to come down and broadcast, and, and it it was a great football game. Yeah, absolutely. And the Cardinals came up a little bit short. Yeah, that was uh, one of those games that, uh, you know, the Cardinals should have won. Uh, but, of course, they didn't. And uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers got yet another Super Bowl win. They're probably the winningest Super Bowl they are. franchise in the NFL. That's exactly right. So, you know, kudos to those guys. Everybody works hard. I know it's a tough game. But, uh, you know, hopefully the Cardinals will maybe come back soon in the next couple of years after uh, Kurt Warner retired. Maybe Matt Leiner can uh, do a couple things for us. We'll see. But well, I'm, I'm focused on the game tomorrow. Well, one thing about that's what happens about football fans is it, regardless of you would all like to have your team. All or you, me, everybody would like their favorite team to make it to the Super Bowl. But if they don't, then they, of course, then become fans of some team. So do you have a team that you're rooting for in this particular game? You want to see the Saints win? You want to see the Colts win? Do you want to see a good football game? Yeah, you know, I obviously want to see a good football game. That's first and foremost. But I'm absolutely an NFC guy because of the Cardinals. And um, I like the Saints story. Uh, and I like that it's our first Super Bowl appearance. And I'm, I'm really looking for them to take take it take it home. Uh, I, I can't believe I said that. My girl's going to get mad because she really likes the Colts. <laughs> but uh, definitely going for uh, the Saints. So yeah, I think Drew Brees will throw for some good 
good yardage. Uh, you know, Reggie Bush probably, you know, get some good get some good carries, some good yardage. But you know, this is the second year in a row that we've had a team that's in the Super Bowl that very few people expected them to be there. You know, when you look at the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Saints are in the Super Bowl last year, the Arizona Cardinals. It was the first time that both of these two teams had ever been to the Super Bowl. So, do you think a lot of people root for the underdog, which may be the New Orleans Saints? You know, I know when you when you walk around Miami, there's uh, it's kind of split 50-50. You have a lot of Saints fans, you have a lot of Colts fans. Uh, you know, the Colts are one of those larger franchises that have uh, you know had some playoff history and some of that. So you know, it's kind of hard to tell. You know, I, you know the feeling around Miami is really just uh, kind of a 50-50 split. Um, so it's, that's really a tough one to say. You know, everybody has you know their favorite and what they want to win. Uh, so. That's just, you know, I don't know what to say. Yeah, that, 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 that's a very interesting perspective. But I, I, will, I will say this. Uh, Peyton Manning is, is, is possibly going to go down as, as one of the greater quarterbacks that ever, that ever played this game. You know, I'm sure right now, being that he's made it to his second Super Bowl, that probably qualifies him with his body of work right. uh, to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, and on the other side, you got Drew Brees. And, and Drew Brees, you know, he was in San Diego. I guess they didn't want him in San Diego. You know, he's, in, he's with the New Orleans Saints now. There was such a devastation that happened to a tragedy that happened to the city of New Orleans and, and the entire city and, and the, the southeastern part of the country is is pretty much supporting that team uh, to help them get their, the city emotionally back on its feet. Oh, and they feet. need it. And they need it. They need it. You know, they you know they need all the support that they could get. You know, still trying to rebuild from Katrina and you know uh, I think bringing the Super Bowl back to that town will definitely you know help bring some economic stimulus. Okay, hey Ron, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question because this is a this here is, this event is the Player Network event, yeah. and and what we're doing is we're going to introduce to some people for the first time, and to other people we'll reintroduce to them uh, the opportunity to work with Voice America, and and provide them with a platform where their their voice their perspective uh, can be heard around the world. Uh, your experience, what type of person uh, do you say is a good fit? For, for Voice America, not just Voice America Sports, but for Voice America Variety, for Voice America Business, Voice America Health and Wellness. What kind of person from your experience of doing this have you seen that could be a, a good fit for Voice America? You know, if you have if you have something that you really have to say, you know, you have information that you think people need to hear, um, and if it's important to you, then it's got to be important to other people also. You're, you know, I don't think that any one person has, you know, idealisms or things that they think of that are important that nobody else has the same feelings about. So I think, you know, if you have, um, you know, services, products, uh, you know, uh, whatever it is, you write books, you know, anything that you have to say, it's definitely the best platform out there on the internet, talk radio-wise, for you to get your voice heard, you know, and to hear it from a different perspective instead of, you know, rock jock radio and all that kind of stuff that you hear on terrestrial radio nowadays. Um, it, it's definitely the best platform out there for people to get their voice heard and to have it told from their perspective and not have somebody tell their story for them. Now, now let me ask you this. You, you of course, are you're, you're the, the man that makes everything happen with the technology out there. Uh, what can you say to those people out there that are interested in having a show here on Voice America? Because today, again, uh, we're not only promoting Voice America sports, we're promoting Voice America. So are there any challenges that these people out there should be concerned about? Or uh, what have the, what are the, the technology has improved such that it allows for you to 
broadcast or for us to broadcast to people all over the world, what are some of those challenges that people thought that the technology had that don't exist? We've conquered those challenges. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, several different ways to do radio. You can, you know, call in on a telephone line. You can, you know, go live at events just like we're doing right here. It doesn't matter whether it's audio or video or, you know, even if you have, you know, links or information that you want to put out there, you know, having this platform allows people to be able to do that. And as far as technology hurdles, I don't really see any at this particular juncture. You know, uh, technology is at a forefront right now that, you know, almost anybody with a laptop and, you know, a decent amount of savvy can, you know, jump on, do an internet radio program, you know, utilizing the Voice America platform, you know, and that's what we're here for. We do we do the legwork for you and allow the host of the radio shows to do what they do best, and that's a talk and bring content to the table as opposed to, you know, having to worry about all the technology aspects. That's what, we, that's what we're here for. That's what I'm here for. Now, that's I, what I do. I, I noticed <laughs> on, on Voice America Sports today, you got a pretty funky graphic up there. You, you did something new and exciting, and, and, and just to let people know, you can do these new and exciting for for anybody who's interested in having a show you create these these nice images for them in terms of their splash pages is that right well yeah I mean it's really important as you know obviously radio is an audio an audible medium but when you are broadcasting on the internet via an audible medium you still have to have a visual representation of what you are or what the show is about and in order to bring that all together you know we have nice team of graphic designers back in Phoenix that you know work tirelessly to make sure that what you see on on the website is, you know, of utmost and, you know, uh, you know, great quality and, you know, you have all the imagery all put together in a way that allows, you know, anybody or any person or sports teams or what have you to put out, you know, their message. And, you know, that's the most important thing is being able to connect with your audience and those images along with, you know, the audio streaming is what allows you to get that connection with your audience. And that's the most important thing is are those connections. Well, I just want to say to you that uh, I want to congratulate you and your team because I know early in my years uh, in, in, in IT, if you will, when I was working with my family's business years ago, they used to always say that uh, your website is your brochure. And for anybody who would land today on Voice America Sports or at Voice America period, but in particular today, I want to brag about the work that you guys done, uh, you know, for this banner uh, that we have here. Uh, again, I'm not too savvy, guys. I can talk. I'm the guy who's here <laughs> to run my mouth, but he's done an outstanding job. And uh, so just Congrats. I know uh, Ruben's doing some great things for you back there, and a couple other guys are doing some things. And, of course, we're going to have our president who's going to come on. Jeff Spinella's going to come on, and he's going to be on with uh, with Guy Troop, and uh, they're going to talk about a relationship that that we're having uh, with uh, Troop 21. But it's because of a lot of the good work that you and your staff has done that I want to publicly thank you uh, because uh, it's, it's, it's special. Nobody else. Uh, well, the big boys, okay, ESPN does a little bit, and the NFL Network does a little bit. I mean, but they're real big boys. And we're like the little brother, but the little brother always ends up beating up the big brother. So they they better look out. But uh, thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having I know, me. On. I know you're going to go out here and you're, you know, Ryan's multitasking he, and he's multi-talented. So he's probably going to be out here working and networking. So if you see Ryan Treasure out there, of course, you can say hello to him and come on over if you're listening to us out there uh, at one of these other booths. Come on over to Voice America Sports. Before I jump off, I just have to send a shout out back to the guys that are in Phoenix uh, that helped put all this together. You know, I'm I'm only I'm only the head of the snake. I have uh, a whole other staff that also helps and jumps in and you know does all the production work and engineering and runs all the shows and great customer service. So uh, kudos to all those guys back in Phoenix as well. Well, I'm sure they appreciate that, man. And uh, 
uh, I certainly appreciate it. So uh, I send a shout out to you guys too as well. And uh, man, I wish the Cardinals were here. Maybe next year they'll be back. And uh, but we'll, we'll be in Texas next year, huh? That's yeah, okay. yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Ryan. All right. Thanks, Ray. Okay. Well, uh, of course, pretty soon I'm going to have our president Jeff Spinard and and Guy Truth going to be joining us here. Uh, I told him at 2:30, uh, so I'm going to see if I can get somebody to round up Guy Truth and if. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to find Guy Troop right now. Can somebody help me find Guy Troop? Okay, now you guys know we're live. Uh, of course, we're live. And um, let me see. Oh, here's Guy Troop. Now, see, that's magic. I knew my name was Ray. Big Play Ray, as Guy called me sometimes. But <laughs> I didn't know I could make that happen. But uh, we're having a lot of fun. But uh, now I have with me, of course, uh, the, the two men behind the two companies, uh, as far as I'm concerned and, and my capacity of uh, why I'm here and why this is so important to me. Uh, the two men, of course, they are the president and CEOs of the two companies. Uh, first of all, I want to start off with uh, Troop 21, and that's uh, Guy Troop, who is the president, CEO, and founder of Troop 21, is with us as well as the president and CEO of World Talk Radio and Voice America does business as, uh, of course, under the World Talk Radio umbrella, and Voice America Sports is one of those channels. So, Guy, man, this, this is a great event, and I'm sure you've been working hard on this, and you and I have been talking about this, and, and now it's actually here. Can, can you can you breathe? Can you exhale yet, or you still got to wait a little bit? Oh, I can exhale, but it wouldn't do me any good at this point. I'm happy to be here, happy the show is on the road, it's similar to uh, the uh, the calm before the storm. We're, we're, we're excited to have Voice America Sports here today and the other brands. And I'm really, really looking forward to uh, exposing players to your brand and players to the to the uh, plethora of brands that we have here today. Well, I certainly appreciate the opportunity, as I've been saying, uh, particularly today and uh, and over the time that uh, you, since you and I have met, is this is truly and you have truly been a blessing to us, and uh, you've been a blessing to me because there's a man that I work for that I've been I've been talking to him about you for so long, and you guys have got a chance. To meet, but that's Jeff Spinar, and uh, Jeff, this is our second year here. Yes, it is. And uh, I'm happy that you were able to come down again and, and actually witness this and, and, and feel the energy and, and see the opportunities. And, and maybe you can just talk a little bit about, you know, some of the things that, that, that we envision working with Troop 21 and creating opportunities for players sure. um, who have something to share with the world. Well, I'll tell platform. you what, first of all, it's very exciting to be down here in Miami. Uh, I love it. This is the second time we've done this event, uh, live broadcasting. Uh, Ray, you do an excellent job on that, so fantastic <laughs> on that. Uh, Guy, I thank you very much. This is uh, an excellent opportunity to really come together and work you know, side by side to uh, enhance both profiles of the companies. And I, 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 Guy and I have talked so many times about uh, players and, and players' transition. Uh, there are many players, and, and I'll say this live here in Miami, there are players in this room of which who are going to be guests on the show later. We're going to be here, for, of course, started at 2 and going to go until 6. But there are players that have expressed their interest in broadcasting. And uh, Guy Troop 
has embraced us and we've embraced him and so we're, we're going to have some of those players and God there's a number of players that are here today uh, that perhaps maybe you might we don't know they're all interested in broadcasting but just to share with people regardless if it's broadcasting or not we're going to use this platform to help expose players and whatever business they're using today are there a couple guys that just recently came in you might want to mention that's here and give them a shout out and then we'll get them on the air okay without a doubt we uh, I just saw uh, Felix Jones came down he was here last year uh, a old Wiley veteran uh, Ryan McNeil just came in started a magazine OT magazine Corey Mays just walked through the door a guy that uh, has had a had a great career and of course we have several of the player owned or affiliated businesses here we have Will Shields a former uh, all-pro all with the Kansas City Chiefs has a, a training business he's exposing today Leonard Weaver a pro bowler with the Philadelphia Eagles an active player just arrived uh, I could just look around John Sinclair over in the corner active player with Cleveland who's uh, promoting his wife's business and brand and and uh, we have hundreds of players RSVP to attend I'm excited and ho hoping to see these guys come through and work the vendors booth vendor booths and and uh, I hope that we can bring some of them and get them signed up for Voice America Sports today. That would be fantastic. Well, that's what that's what we're hoping to do. And, uh, you know, that's one reason why when I, I spoke to uh, Jeff a couple years ago when we were talking about this, is to come and actually get a, a feeling for it, to be here live. You know, we do our shows live online, but sometimes we do our show. I've talked to you guys. I don't know. You've been all over the country when you and I have been talking. But, of course, it, it's done live. But to be here at this event, uh, it, it's outstanding. Uh, Jeff, I want to ask I know you've seen a couple vendors here, uh, corporate sponsors that are here. Uh, we look to extend our platform sure, to not just sure. the players, but to some corporate people well, as well. Absolutely. I mean, the beauty part about Voice America and what we do is we're broadcasting live on the sports network because we're at p and &E right now. Uh, and a lot of these uh, uh, folks are they're obviously going beyond just the sports arena. The beauty part about Voice America is we have seven genre channels, variety, business, health, uh, 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 motivational. We cover every genre there is out there. Great. So where we sit now, we have an opportunity or we can work with anybody that's down here. That's outstanding. Yeah. Now guys, speaking of that, you have a number of vendors here uh, that represent different parts of corporate America. You want to share with us who some of your vendors are that are yeah. here that are sponsoring and also have booths? Without a doubt. We have uh, Atlantic Records. They're here. A number of players have expressed interest in the record uh, recording industry, music industry. Atlantic is here customizing a uh, career transition program for active and former players. We have uh, Bank of America. They created a really a, a shadowing internship and employment track as well as a management trainee concept and funding programs for player-owned businesses. They're here to promote and talk about uh, we have uh, Wells Fargo, another financial brand that you guys would, would, would clearly recognize. If I look around the room, we have uh, a, a number, of, a number of brands. I'm sort of uh, Hurricane Wings. It's a wing restaurant that uh, is tasty. Tasty going down, and they're trying to promote their franchise concept, and along with, as I said earlier, a number of uh, smaller businesses. Our charity partner this year is uh, the Lifting As We Climb Foundation. Their national spokesperson is Antoine Randuel. Antoine was supposed to be here. His actually mother-in-law got into a car accident and uh, is in, in a pretty tough spot, so he had to stay home. But uh, 
I could uh, go on and on and on, and I may come back on the show again before it's over and kind of talk a little bit as the players uh, make their way in. But I appreciate you guys having me on. And what I'm going to do is try to uh, go to the, the player-owned brands as well as the, the uh, corporate brands and bring a few of them by to chat with you guys. Well, I certainly want to make sure that we give them every opportunity they can to do that because, uh, you know, as uh, one of those uh, wily old uh, – oh, I said old. I can't believe I said old. You know, ball players. Uh, I I just want to extend my sincere gratitude to you, God, because you know it's almost like a, a, a brother or, or or one of your best friends. You never want to see him doing bad, and and you're one of those people that is trying to ensure that one of my brothers or one of my best friends doesn't have a bad experience without being there to help him. And and I think that's important is because there are many players that are that are that are wanting to be involved but you know sometimes and we've talked about this they just won't take the initiative to ask hey guy can you help me out I'm thinking about doing this or I you know I see Bank of America over there guy I'd like to talk to them but perhaps maybe that little push that you give them because I've said this to, about you many times Guy Troop is just a, a coach like you've had on, on, on the football field. He's going to tell you the truth. And I think it's because of your athletic background. You, you, a coach doesn't give it to you real pretty all the time. You know, he may kick you in the butt a couple of times. And, and you do that to the players, but they know you have their best interests at heart. So I, I want to thank you for that. And I, I'm just wondering, man, man, what is it about you that, again, makes you want to do that and want to help players? Is it your, your connection as a former player yourself? Or was it a niche that you saw was miss, missing? What, what, what is that all about, Guy? Well, well, I didn't go into this for the niche market as much as just the passion about helping players transition. I started playing at sports as early as uh, nine years old, and at every level I saw teammates that sort of fell off. The, the great junior high player that couldn't become a high school star, the great high school star that petered out in the pros, and on and on in the college guys, and even the NFL players that I was exposed to as an executive with the NFL. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a meteoric flight going up, and it's a super, super crash coming down, and I wanted to level out that transition and uh, feel good about the work that I do on a daily basis. Well, you can hold your head up high. I just want to say this. I, I saw uh, earlier, no, yesterday it was, as a matter of fact, uh, a gentleman that I told you reminds me a little bit of you, but that was Demore Smith. Uh, just curious, any any dialogue going on with, with, with you and that organization or you and any organization? that's representing players where we might extend our platform by working our relationship with you. Well, of course. I mean, I'm a former NFL uh, employee, executive. We worked hand-in-hand with the NFLPA for years, and I continue to embrace all efforts that help players. We're currently working with the NFL alumni uh, to help them sort of build out their brand. And I, you know, when it comes to helping players in transition, I don't care about labor or political lines. I work with any side that wants to help players. We have Chris Henry here from the NFL Player Development Department who's going to speak in a little bit uh, to the program, uh, to the entire audience. Uh, Terry Patterson is an executive with the NFL PA that will stop by. She actually is going to try to drag DeMora Smith from one of his other meetings so he can stop by and take a look. And then Ron George from the NFL alumni will be joining us. So we have a, a plethora of, of uh 
political affiliations that will all be in the room for the sake of helping players in transition. Well, I, I certainly appreciate that because many times there are people who may have various uh, agendas and their agenda might perhaps maybe prevent them from doing what's best for those that, that are in need. And, and I appreciate the fact that you're straight down the middle, you know, that your goal is to help players. And so we certainly appreciate that. And uh, I know you, you said you've got to move around a little bit. There's some people you want to bring back, but I, I just thank you for coming over for spending time. I would like to have, of course, Bank America to come over so I can talk to them with you because I certainly want to know, I want them to feel the embracement of everybody here and particularly our platform today to get this message out that there are people that are sincerely interested in working with current and former NFL players in every capacity, whether it's employment, entrepreneurship, whether it's internship, all those opportunities are here today. Am I right? That's right. Without a doubt. And I'll definitely bring the traffic and I'll be back, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Of course, that was Guy Troop, who is the president, founder, and CEO, okay, of um, Troop 21. And of course, that also was our president of the new World Talk Radio doing business as Voice America Sports. And um, just excited about that. There is just a number of things of which um, are going on today. And uh, Dominique Johnson, who is working with us in a marketing capacity, she has a company called uh, Uniquely Dynamic, and uh, she's trying to get my attention, and uh, I'm being distracted. But we also got Kwame Lassiter is in town, and of course, uh, Kwame is uh, Kwame is going to be on the air pretty soon. We're going to have Kwame on the show pretty soon. But uh, we're about to take a break, and when we take our break, we're going to have Lemon Williams is going to be joining us from outside the huddle, and Lemon's going to take the time to, of course, uh, be on the uh, show. And so uh, Lemon's going to be joining us, and he's, of course, got his, his guest, his uh, co-host is going to be with him. So I, I don't know if Ryan's going to take me into a break or how we're going to do this, but we're going to do something that's going to be uniquely different. Uh, but what we're going to do today is we're going to have a multiple show. So the next show that you're going to hear from is going to be Outside the Huddle with Lemon Williams. And we're going to take a break, and then we'll be right back. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Now I'm in Miami, just having fun like it matters. News. But it always matters. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. VoiceAmerica.com to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lee Mont Williams, with co-host Jacob Greer. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here are your hosts, Lee Mont Williams and Jacob Greer. Voice America, welcome to another week of Outside the Huddle. I'm Lee Mont Williams, coming to you live from the 10th Annual Player Networking event at the Super Bowl. Joining me today will be my insider for the show for 2009 season 2010, 
John Inglesby, our New England Patriot insider. Uh, unfortunately, Jacob Grill could make it down here for the Super Bowl, but John stepped up. He's down here covering for the Super Bowl for the Boston uh, Business Weekly, I'm sorry, as well as he's down here doing some other uh, networking and things like that. So he came and showed me some love. So, uh, John, it's good to see you again. It's good to, good to see you, and finally we're doing a show side-by-side side in person. Yeah, we actually, it was funny, for the listeners out there, it's funny, we actually met last year about this time in Tampa. So uh, good opportunity to kind of reunite with, with good old friend John. Uh, he stepped in and helped me out this year. Uh, a lot of good things from uh, AFC East inside information, bringing it from the New England Patriots as well as the New York Jets and some other teams. Uh, but let's go ahead and get started. You know, we can't, talk, we can't start without talking about the Super Bowl. That's what we're all here for. We're at the 10th Annual Players Networking event hosted by Guy Troop and powered by the NFL alumni. Uh, got guys here lined up today I'm going to try to bring on to the show. We have Randall L. and company. Randall L. has an outstanding football academy called Sound Body and Mind. He's actually doing some work, some good stuff up in D.C. area with some local kids, getting them in charge, getting them all up in shape and getting them geared up from an athletic standpoint. So we're going to try to bring Randall L. If he's not in here, he's going to bring somebody that's representing his sound body and mind. As well as we got some other former players here, John. We got uh, Kajana Carter here. He's got, he has a business here, uh, a platform, and as well as a, a venue. So we're going to try to bring Kajana Carter on, former Penn State running back, first-round draft pick. So we're going to bring him on and talk, some, talk about his business victory and things that he's doing after after the football. Uh, some more, John, got some guys here. John Sinclair, uh, outside, I mean, he's an offensive tackle. Uh, currently, he was last year, he was with the Cleveland Browns. Bring him on, uh, bring his wife on as well. She has a jury line here. And uh, lastly, we're going to try to bring on, if we can, we'll try to bring on Will Willie Shields, or Will Shields, out of, you probably recognize his name. He's a former, well, he's a player, played with the Kansas City Chiefs. And Will has some, uh, he has a sports training academy in Kansas City. So I want to kind of bring those guys on. But John, stepping in the plate for Jacob Greer today. Again, I appreciate it so much. So in our time between we getting our guests on, let's go ahead and talk about our wonderful week. It was the first week, first year actually I had an opportunity to have media credentials. I know you covered the Super Bowl for years. You've been a writer for nine years. And you had the opportunity to come down here, and it was my opportunity to come down here as well. And we hooked up at the media day. So let's, uh, let's go and talk about our media access this week, uh, so, uh, starting with the media day on Tuesday. Well, there's simply nothing else compares with Super Bowl week in, uh, in all of sports, in my experience. And this, this week has gone to the next level. And uh, so, yeah, media day. Uh, it's something every media member should do once in their lifetime. Uh, approximately 4,000 or so credentialed media out at uh, what is now called Sun Life Stadium. And uh, from across the world, it's the largest annual gathering of sports media each year in the world. And it, you know, it, it just uh, almost needs to be seen to be believed. Uh, there's, you know, they, they moved it inside this year due to the threat of uh, some some bad weather, but it turned out to be a decent enough day. But anyway, it was inside, and oh, I'd say, you know, a dozen players on each team had podiums, and then uh, and then all the rest of the team <clears throat> teammates were in full uniform, just circulating in a vast ballroom type area inside the stadium and we're just accessible for any and all to talk to 
and it was just an absolutely terrific event. Uh, Peyton Manning and Drew Brees' podiums uh, were, you couldn't get near them. So. Uh, and now, uh, you're exactly right, John. We had the opportunity to get started on the media day, and they moved it inside because it, it was raining when we landed in, on Monday. I came from Houston. You came down from Boston, and it was raining. It was actually raining on, on Monday, and I was like, first thing I thought about was like, man, hey, hope we don't be, uh, you know, the Super Bowl experience, my Super Bowl experience from a media standpoint is not ruined due to this uh, bad weather and the rain. So uh, it cleared up. NFL was able to move it inside and outstanding thing uh, for them, for us to go inside and get a little bit more intimate with the players but uh, and, and kind of beat the heat because the sun was out uh, there uh, at the media media day. But let's go ahead and talk about the number one topic that has been, has been talked about all day or all week, John, and that's Dwight Freeney. Dwight Freeney ankle uh, it was released yesterday that he's slated to play in the Super Bowl, but he hasn't practiced all week. Give me your take on Dwight Freeney, if he plays and if he doesn't play. Well, Dwight Freeney's the most feared pass rusher in the game, and, uh, you know, I, too, last evening uh, heard the latest from Jim Caldwell. It sounded very positive, so I do believe he will play. Uh, I think he's a difference maker, uh, so... The difference of him playing or not playing is huge for the Colts, and uh, but it, you know I, well, I think we can assume that he'll play. And uh, again, as the AFC East slash Patriots correspondent, uh, Dwight Freeney's been a nightmare for years for every team, including the Patriots. And you, you, you really, you have to game plan for him. Uh, and now with Mathis on the other side emerging here in the last couple of years. Uh, it's a, they're, they're a tremendous force. So they are, in my estimation, one of the top three keys in the game tomorrow, the pass rush of the Colts on Drew Brees. Yeah. Uh, well, Dwight Freeney is a, a major asset for them to uh, have on the field. Dwight Freeney brings that different perspective to the game due to the fact that his speed might be limited to his ankle. Uh, hopefully that, you know, his presence can kind of balance out that defensive line. Because they have Rashad Mathis, I'm not Rashad, I'm sorry, Robert Mathis on the, on the opposite side of Dwight Freeney. And what I, I assume that New England would try to do, no, excuse me, not New England, the Colts would try, I mean the Saints would try to do is they will overload to that side to kind of chip on, on Mathis due to the fact that uh, Dwight Freeney's ankle is not that great. But then they have a backup player that was able to talk to and interview uh, Rasheem Brock uh, for the for the New England Colts, I mean, for the uh, Indianapolis Colts, which I think he's a he's a solid player, uh, underrated a little bit, but has that resume, been in the league for over five years. So uh, if, if Dwight can't go, and you would notice that early, if Dwight can't go, you notice that early, then I think Rasheed Brock will step in into, the, uh, into that spot and do an outstanding job. Well, one thing I've noticed about the Colts this year is, uh, and, and this is why I think they're back here in the Super Bowl, is their depth. You know, there was a period uh, back when they played the Patriots in that great fourth and two game at midseason uh, where they were down three defensive backs and, yeah. you know, going against Tom Brady and uh, didn't seem to make much of a difference at all. So uh, I agree. I think Brock will ably step in and, uh, you know, and fill the void and, you know, apply his own type of pressure uh, to the, for the uh, Colts pass rush. Yeah, well, you mentioned the secondary. And I feel like they have one of the most underrated secondary player. The Colts has the most underrated secondary player, and that's Antoine Bethea. 
stepped up big shoes this year. Uh, Bob Sanders inconsistent as far as with inju injuries and was not able to play. And what a what a great job by by Antoine Bethea to kind of step in and do his thing as a safety and be able to fill that void, not just from a cover standpoint, but from a physical standpoint. He was able to come up and replace that. I mean, not replace Bob Sanders, but still bring that same intensity to the line of scrimmage and into the box. Yeah, he had a tremendous, uh, tremendous year. I, I think he's become, you know, one of the more recognizable names on the Colt defense, which again has, you know, really gone to the next level this year. I mean, it was for years, you know, the poor sister to Peyton Manning's high-powered offense, and uh, but you know, no longer the defense has really risen, and uh, you know, Bethay is just uh, you know, a terrific player. I, I, again, a difference maker back there, and uh, you know. Without Bob Sanders, I think a lot of people thought that the Colts uh, defense overall, secondary in particular, were going to be having some serious problems. But, you know, due to the leadership of Bethay and others, uh, you know, they haven't missed a beat. You know, Gary Brackett, you know, now a leader as well. And, uh, you know, so I expect Bethay uh, to come up big tomorrow. Yeah, Antoine Bethay has been very consistent. And that's what, that's what you need in the backfield. I mean, in secondary, somebody to be consistent with that play and stepping in for Bob Sanders was huge for the Indianapolis Colts in order for him to make it to the make it back to the Super Bowl or to been the Super Bowl what the second this is their second Super Bowl appearance in the last four years so outstanding job by Antoine Bethea but then they got the you know you got you got the Michael Jordan the quarterbacks over there which is Peyton Manning Peyton Manning is an outstanding quarterback when he's able to sit back there and dissect your defense and pick and choose where he wants to go what Peyton Manning do, is doing right now, uh, we'll know more tomorrow night, but uh, I think that, you know, you, if he has a great game tomorrow night, you can make the case that, uh, you know, he's had perhaps the greatest single season of any NFL quarterback in history, his ability to read defenses. It's the perfect blend and combination of mental and physical coming together at the precise time and the peak of his career and uh, it's just a show it's something to behold and um, you know tomorrow night he has the opportunity to really put the exclamation point uh, on his career and perhaps reach you know his peak and uh, and it may continue beyond tomorrow night but. yeah and it's number one weapon uh, didn't practice yesterday and that's Reggie Wayne Reggie Wayne missed practice yesterday due to an injured knee uh, I don't know if it's soreness or just wear and tear, but uh, most likely Reggie Wayne will be on that field Sunday at Sunlight Stadium. Oh, I agree. Yes, I have no doubts that, uh, you know, I, I think that was one of those classic, you know, uh, had a little tweak, shall we say, and, uh, you know, when you have the world's media in one place looking for stories and something like that happens with a big name like Reggie, uh, yeah, it's going to get a lot of attention, but I really don't think that uh, you know, there's any chance he's going to be anything less than uh, 99 to 100%. Well, for all our listeners out there, we're not going to just be one-sided and show all the love to the Indianapolis Colts. So let's go ahead and talk about the who that, who that, which is the Saints, and the who that nation. Let's go ahead and talk about some things that will kind of uh, – uh, I noticed this week, having an opportunity to attend both press conferences between the Indianapolis Colts and the New Orleans Saints, is that they have a couple guys on the New Orleans Saints team that actually been to the been to the Super Bowl. And that one guy that I'm talking about is Darren Sharper. Darren Sharper, uh, outstanding player, big acquisition pickup this offseason. 
And in my opinion, I think that is the key to this game this Saturday is uh, is having uh, is having Darren Shopper have an outstanding game because you have Peyton Manning. He's the type of guy that can sit back and dissect, dissect a defense. Then you have Darren Sharper leads the league in interceptions and leads the league in interceptions for return. So I think that Darren Sharper is the type of guy that can make or break this game early in the first half. Well, I believe Darren Sharper has taken being in the right place at the right time to a new level. He is uh, what he has done this year to make the exact right play, be it a tackle, an interception, fumble recovery, turnover, what have you, at the precise moment when it is most needed has been nothing short of remarkable. I, I think it's one of the great years in in uh, recent NFL memory of, uh, of a guy just making the play when it needed to be made to turn a game around or to put a game away. Yeah, Darren Sharper, man, he's, he's just an outstanding player, outstanding guy. He's actually from my hometown area. He's actually from my hometown area, so uh, outstanding player. I actually talked to him about Bethea. Virginia. And, uh, yeah, from Virginia. Southern Virginia. Yeah, and I was trying to talk to him. I was trying to – I do some blogging as well. You're a writer, so I try to do a little bit of everything and talking to him about the angle. Talk to him about the angle and then uh, how uh, a guy like Darren Sharper kind of helped mentor a guy like Antoine Bethea. Talk about that mentorship. Yes, well, uh, yeah, well, they, you know, they, they do have a, a history together. And, you know, the mentor relationships in the NFL are just so uh, so critically important. And, and I really think that that's what sets the Colts of the last couple of years apart from the Colts of, you know, five to eight years ago is that, you know, the, uh, you know, the veteran players uh, have really taken the younger players under their belt, thereby giving the Colts and the Saints also, you know, the depth that they need to, uh, you know, to land in the championship game in the Super Bowl because, uh, you know, they, they came together and, you know, the entire roster is now contributing and that's what it takes to land in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about, we, we mentioned key matchups here, and I, I'll talk about the secondary. I think it's going to be the secondary is going to kind of dictate early who's going to get off to a fast start. If Darren Sharper kind of wins that battle against Peyton Manning, I think New Orleans will have a, a, a good shot in the first half. But then again, if Peyton Manning, with his two weeks layoff, uh, he has the opportunity to get out there and see some things that he's noticed in the film early on. It might be a, a, a long day for the New, a New Orleans Saints. But uh, Saints got some other guys that stepped up in this playoff uh, series, uh, John. I mean, this playoff run. And that one guy might be Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush hasn't been like everybody expected up to the expectations that he came into the league. But he's been a, a great compliment back to for the New Orleans Saints. Talk about Reggie Bush and what you think he brings to the table on Sunday. Well, we've all waited a long time to see the Reggie Bush from USC and uh, the spectacular games he had against Fresno State and, and a million others, it seems. Uh, but, yeah, I look at that playoff game a few weeks back against Arizona Cardinals as potentially being the turning point in his career. I mean, he had shown flashes, uh, but that game was pure dominance on his part uh, between the punt return and, you know, 
what was probably an even more compelling play, which was the, uh, the one he took to the house from the line of scrimmage and, you know, flashed the old moves that we were used to at USC. So, uh, obviously, he didn't have that great of a game against the Vikings, but, uh, you know, he has a chance to, you know, bounce back tomorrow and in the Super Bowl, of course. And I think, you know, without overstating it, that, you know, Tomorrow could help determine, you know, the course of his career. It's a sort of a fork in the fork in the road kind of game for Reggie. Well, I see my boy coming up here, Big John Sinclair. St. Clair, he's with the Cleveland Browns. So as he gathered himself to the table here and sit down, John, I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, Reggie Bush stepped his game up this year, especially in the playoffs. He was very physical as a runner. Uh, uh, he had that title on us, being a finesse back and able to come in, come into this playoff with a different mentality. Uh, Reggie Bush stepped his game up and allowed help help the New Orleans Saints get to the Super Bowl. But Let's go ahead and get John on here, Big John St. Clair. Uh, Y'all know him, offensive tackle, Cleveland Browns. Spent some time with Miami as well as Chicago Bears. Uh, John, what brings you out to the 10th annual Players uh, Networking event this year? Well, you know, I'm always here to support God Troop and True 21 Associates. It's the, anytime you have an idea like to allow guys to come in and uh, have the businesses on display, it's always a positive thing. My wife is here for a jewelry line, ShannonStClair.com, and she's launching this week. So he's uh, here to support her, man, in uh, all her endeavors. Hey, that's outstanding. John and I are from the same area of Virginia. I'm from the same state, Virginia. I met John last year at the Player Network event in Tampa, and I had a different product as well. Uh, well, no, actually, was doing Voice of America there. As, I mean, my kicking off my show there before I, the whole year, John. Before I brought you on as a, doing a co-host deal, but John, man, I just one thing I, I, I cherish about John is that he has an entrepreneurship spirit, an entrepreneurship mind. A lot of guys that's actually in the league do not take that mentality as far as starting their own product, doing things, standing outside of the box. So, John, talk about what. How did you get that, that entrepreneurial spirit early on in your playing career? Well, you know, I looked at mentors. You know, early in my career, to be honest with you, I wasn't like that. All I had to focus on was football, you know, uh, coming out of college. But as I met more and more guys throughout the league who had businesses on the side and were uh, attending events like this, you know, I wanted to, you know, learn and grow. You know, football don't last forever. So just by being here, like I said before, meeting up with guys, True 21 Associates, and uh, um, and it's just taking advantage of all the uh, things the NFL, uh, opportunities the NFL give you. Uh, I think it's up to the athlete, you know, to uh, open your mind up and go out and see what other things to offer besides football. It's not just about football. It's a lot of other things that the NFL can provide to help you out. Okay. Well, talk about some other products. I know you have your, your White Hearts line. Uh, you had some, some natural herb stuff last year, some other stuff. Go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit about some other things you got going. Yeah, we have premium pain relief uh, also. Uh, that's the pain relief gel that you can use after injuries and things made from all natural uh, substances. And uh, it's, it's just a great product, and I still use it today. I didn't have it at this event because uh, we featured it uh, a couple years in the past. I just want to focus this week on my wife and her jewelry line, uh, ShannonStClair.com. And also, you know, she's been doing jerseys, embellishing jerseys for women for the past nine years. So they know her from that. You know, she's done a lot of women throughout the NFL um, in that aspect. But now we're just trying to promote a jewelry line this week during the Super Bowl. Okay, what an outstanding job, John, for John to kind of bring his wife, use his platform, which is in the NFL, to promote his wife and his wife line. You, you mentioned about your wife, the jury line, and her, her jersey line. Is there, it seems like it's a, it's a network or, or 
uh, how can I say, a, a sorority within the, the, the players' wives to kind of come out and support each other in these entrepreneurship endeavors? Oh, definitely, man. They have the uh, NFL Wild Association that we've been doing things with all week, you know, locker to locker, too. Uh, they work with, uh, in conjunction with the wives. Uh, they've been doing it all week. It's been a long week. Uh, just networking, getting to know people, you know, uh, expanding ideas. And, uh, you know, that's what it's all about. You know, uh, if you can help somebody else, help somebody else with their business and they can help you. That's what it's all about, man. That's why, you know, as players, you know, we have a big platform while we're playing. So why not help, you know, especially your wife? You know, you got to go home with your wife, man. So, yeah. <laughs> Teamwork. Any, right. There you go. Anything you can do to help your wife, uh, keep your wife happy. Well, John, let's go ahead and transition from, from, from entrepreneur business stuff. I got you on here, so I got to talk football. You know, we football guys. I'm a former player. You still active player. Give me your thoughts on this, this up-and-coming game on Sunday, the two teams between the Colts and the Saints. That was be a great game, man. You got two uh, marquee quarterbacks in the NFL that's going to go head-to-head. Uh, I think that's what people want to see. You also got two great teams, some of the top teams uh, throughout the whole NFL. So it's going to be a great game. You know, I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, I'll tell you, you know, it would be great. Uh, I know the New Orleans Saints fans are very happy and uh, deservingly so, especially, uh, especially with uh, went on a few years ago with the Hurricane Katrina. So I'll be excited just to see the fans have a good time. Whoever wins, they win. But this for them to get this experience is just going to be uh, very positive. Okay, well, I, I told John my, my key points of the game, I think it's going to come down between the matchup between Peyton Manning and Darren Sharper. I think Sharper is a smart enough safety to kind of sit back and disguise what he wants to do. And if whoever wins that battle early will set the tone, in my opinion, for this game on Sunday. But uh, let's talk about your team. You played well last year. I mean, the team that you're currently still with, the Cleveland Browns. You got a new coach coming in. Well, start back. You got a new GM coming in, a new president. Uh, talk about him and what you think, uh, what he's going to bring to the team this year. I'm sure it's all positive, man. Like I said, uh, you know, I, I was gone before all that uh, transpired. But, uh, you know, we were, the team finished strong on, um, at the end of the year. And uh, that's what you can be excited about. You know, we had some uh, trouble in the beginning. But, you know, that goes on any team uh, for the first year. But uh, I, I'm really excited about the team and the direction we're going. So uh, just, just happy to be a part of it. Josh Cribs, I had the opportunity to talk to him this week. Uh, he, he basically told me, you know, he's holding out until he get a new deal. Uh, Josh did some outstanding things this year. Uh, uh, talk about Josh and, and how he was so consistent due to the fact that you guys didn't get out to a good start. Uh, Josh is an amazing player, one of the most uh, uh, dynamic players uh, playing in this game. Uh, his personality and everything, you know, that he carries with himself is amazing, man. He's, he's a total team guy. Uh, he, he's all about his teammates, getting his teammates involved. He never takes any credit. So the sky's the limit for him, man. And, um, you know, he speaks for himself what he can do on the field, man. He's the best out there, returning kicks and doing what he want to do. So, uh, and this, uh, this, this, seeing what he does and being a part, being his teammate, is just an honor for me. Well, John, I want to thank you for coming out. I'm going to get you back over to your wife's booth. I know you're out here supporting her, so she probably needs some extra hands over there. But good luck this year. Uh, I'll be watching, man. I'm always supporting you because you're from Virginia as well as your career. So good luck on the business side as well as in professional. All right, thank you. And thank you to Voice America Sports. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, John. John. John Sinclair, outstanding guy, man, from the top to the bottom, man. Uh, one of the guys that I kind of – grew up behind and, and looked at as a as a, a guy to kind of patent your career after you know he played old tackle i'm a defensive guy so i, I went against guys his size but uh talk about let's, let's let's talk about how we need to have more players active or former coming out to events like this which is networking because we're we both agree that networking is the key to business and in life absolutely and uh you know, I've spent a lot of time uh, working with the NFL's player development program uh, and Mike Haynes. 
on how the NFL prepares its players for life after football. And they offer a variety of, uh, of opportunities for players to uh, partake in, and that includes broadcast boot camp conducted at NFL Films. It's a four-day event, usually in June. I attended uh, one day there uh, a while back, and uh, it, it was remarkable. And you know, where the opportunity to you know learn television, radio, what have you, at the hands of some of the top sports journalists, Ron Jaworski and the like. Uh, you know, is offered. And then um, the NFL also offers courses with four different colleges and the business schools. It's Harvard Business School, it's Kellogg at Northwestern, it's Wharton at uh, at Penn, Penn University in Philadelphia, uh -huh. and it's Stanford. And I sat in on a class at Wharton uh, earlier this year, and it was just remarkable. Each one is attended by about 20 NFL players who yeah. apply for the course, and then uh, and then I also interviewed the Harvard Business Faculty, uh, who taught about a week after they had finished up their program, which is basically runs about eight days, split into four days, then a two-week break for homework, mm -hmm. and then another four days. Uh, they also have offered uh, rookie branding boot camp. Uh, wow. It's, it's yeah. amazing, but that's just to your point, Lemont, of, uh, you know, players taking their career seriously during and after their playing days. Yeah, because Mike, I mean, uh, good contact of yours, Michael, my, Mike Haynes. Mike Haynes, I actually saw him all this week down at the radio row, and uh, he, he does a great, great job, a great job there in the league office trying to help players out. Man, it just, you know, I, I really believe that networking is the key of life. Uh, this week we had the opportunity to kind of meet all kinds of people. From I met, talked to uh, the commissioner, Roger Goodell, as well as uh, talked to Roger Goodell, talked to D. Smith, Demore Smith, NFLPA. Uh, uh, he took over Gene Upshaw, NFLPA uh, uh, head rep. Uh, Correct. Demore uh, Smith. And just, man, uh, all guy, all kinds of guys within, within the sports media business. Again, I, I started off with a dream, John. I started off with a dream. Started off with a dream to kind of get get started in the sports media. And Voice America was gave, gave me that platform. But now we have a, 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 a player sitting out here, a big dude. You know, we got to show love to the big guys. I'm a big man myself, so trying to slim down and get sexy for the sports media deal. So, but we got Will Shields here from, from the Kansas City Chief. Uh, Will, what brings you down here to the 10th Annual Player Networking event? Well, what brings me down is I have a, a real, relatively new company, 68 Inside Sports. Uh, we're a training, wellness, and actually a, a fitness center also. And what we do is basically we come out and we train from our little kids doing uh, swim lessons all the way up to our pro athletes. Uh, basically, one of our members right now, our oldest member is 90 years old, so and she still does the water aerobics, that kind of stuff. So we have a complex that actually caters to everyone. Uh, inside of our complex, which is sort of unique, is we actually have a actually have a physical therapy as well as chiropractic massage therapy, all of that. Well, let's talk about let's talk about fitness and health because that's that's important. You have sports on one hand, and we're here to function networking events, so we're talking business. But uh, 
Why is it important that you feel that? Why is it important that either active players, former players, or just people in general need to stay physically fit? You know, I think if you're physically fit, it helps you become mentally fit. Uh, the simple fact of it, it takes a lot of different things for you to do to take your body to another level. Regardless if it's, uh, you know, a senior that hasn't been walking in a while, get them back up to a point to where they can walk, stand on themselves, stand up by themselves, or go upstairs, those kind of things. And plus, it comes back to our medical piece, to where if you know medical's going sky rise and those kind of things, where this will help us benefit the whole community as a whole, so our medicine, medicine bills and those kind of things will go back down a little bit because we're becoming more healthy. Yeah, and it's funny that we're talking about health and things like uh, things of that nature because the league has kind of got that elephant in the room right now with the concussion situation and all that stuff. So hopefully, you know, they can do a little bit more research and help the guys out, minimize. I, I, I can't see it where they can get rid of concussions because it's a violent game. You know, it's a physical game. I played it, you played it, and it's now it's to the point where concussion is an issue and they're trying to work on it. Well, we come back to that point about, you know, guys that are getting concussions and everything else. Some of that comes back to their personal training piece of knowing how to be uh, either be the hitty or the hitter. Yeah. Uh, one, you know, you, you watch a lot of different games. You see a lot of guys giving themselves up on the ground so that they won't get hit or that kind of things. And that, to me, leads to some of these other issues that's going on. So if you learn how to, you know, be violent upon violent, I hate to say it that way, <laughs> but, hey. you know, we used to say it that way. you got to be to that point so that you don't get hurt. Whereas if you flinch, that's when you end up getting hit in the head and those kind of things and worried about being hurt, you're going to get hurt. Oh yeah, you, you can't. that's why I, I, I can't comprehend how they're going to try to minimize it, but it's, it's good to do research. It's good to do research and get out there. But I want to, also with your, with your training facility, I noticed looking through your pamphlet and just talking to you briefly before you got on air, there's a lot of sports agents out here now. Everybody wants to be an agent, everybody wants to get in the agent game. Talk about your facility. Do you guys cater to up-and-coming drafts Draft picks, guys that's going into this year draft, or guys that's trying to get back in the league or work on rehab. What's really cool is we can do all of it. So mm -hmm. we actually have the rehab piece that's in in-house as well as. So basically, we have some guys that's been out of the league that come in to train with us. We have some guys that are called tweeners. Those guys yeah. that haven't made the team, they're on the team, but they've been backups and that kind of stuff, and push them into the point of where they can become a starter. Um, you know, I got three guys on the Denver, you know, Broncos starting line. You know, a couple guys, one's a first-round draft pick, one guy was a free agent, and the other guy was a guy that was back on the cusp and I got him to a point to where he could actually go and start and I'm not saying it's just me but it's our complex and what we do. So we like to be able to take all three gamuts of the career, those guys that's been in so we can go from a guy from basically a guy that's a free agent all the way up to Darren Sproles that comes in and train. So you got those guys that are already established that just want to keep up their skills and get better. Well, well I want to congratulate you on your success. There's a lot of players out there that's not taking business as serious like you and other guys that's here at Dysfunction. So I want to thank you for coming over. But real quick, before I get you off air, give me your prediction on this Sunday's game. You know, I, I, it's going to be a tough game back and forth. I mean, you got to look at it. Freeney's out, so that, you know, gives him a little more protection on that left side. You know, give Breeze more time. Then you look at the other side, and you got Peyton Manning. So uh, I think if it's a, it's a close game, it goes to Indianapolis. If it's going to be a landslide on the other side, I give it to the other side. I think uh, New Orleans will pull it out. But, Will, thanks for coming over. No problem. That's Will Shields there. He has a sports academy, sports academy in the Kansas City area. We want to wish him luck and all much success in his business endeavor. My producer over here, Ryan, is telling me we get close to wrapping up. So I want to thank everybody out there for listening to Outside the Huddle. Again, we're broadcasting live from the 10th Annual Player Networking event. We've got Kwame Laster coming up next. And I think he got Tim Brown up on deck. So uh, stay tuned.
Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Come on. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. To the Kwame Lassen of Sports, and we'll call it sometimes Rich Show. We are live here down in Miami, Florida, the home of the Super Bowl, where the Indianapolis Colts will take on the New Orleans Saints. Again, this is your host, Kwame Lasseter, with the PNE, the Player Network event. There's a lot of things going on out here. Again, we're down in some great weather. I know I'm from Virginia, so it's a lot of uh, snow, people snowed in there. So uh, I want to give a shout out to Coach B, Rich Britt, uh, my host of uh, Kwame Lasseter's co-host of Kwame Lasseter Sports. I have with me, uh, it's a lot of things, a lot of things. I don't know what to say. I have Tim Brown, former receiver of the Oakland Raiders. Tim Brown, welcome to the show. I'm not going to hold you long because I know there's a lot of things it's you have to do good, brother. and you want to be uh, here and there. Uh, but we, we're here doing this. It means my, my wife can't have me doing stuff, so it's, <laughs> it's all to the good. That's between me and you, though, right? Yeah, it, stays, it stays right here. This is this is Kwame Lasso Sports Sometime Rich Show, but we have Tim Brown again. Future, if you don't mind me saying, future Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. It, it's going to happen one day. It's just a matter of will it happen today. Yeah, you know, I know. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I will say this. When, uh, when, I, when I found out, man, I said... You know, couldn't be a more deserving guy who put that work in uh, weekend and weekend, not just on Sunday. Sunday's where the product, right, where everything right. shows. It, it takes the, uh, it takes that Monday when you hurt after the game. It takes that Tuesday when uh, most younger guys won't go in, but you go in Tuesday and still get that film work, get that, uh, get the body back right for that right. that Wednesday practice, man. And I and, and I hope I, if I had a vote, you had my vote two times <laughs> over uh, for the Hall of Fame. So I, I know that's the day where they may make a decision, and eventually it's going to happen. But hopefully, uh, from my point, from my standpoint, I hope it happens for you today. Yeah, well, you know, we I do too, brother. I mean, I think the one thing that I'm proud of, and, and the one thing that I hope uh, stands out with these voters, is the fact that I did go 15 years without missing. Uh, I played, missed one game, could have played in it, but I practiced the whole week, and they decided to keep me out the game. But that consistency and that uh, uh, like you said, you know, overcoming all the, the injuries and, and just the, hey, I don't want to practice this day or I don't want to play in this game uh, type attitude that's very easily to have. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very proud that I was able, able to push through all that kind of stuff, man, and, and uh, put up a very consistent career. And I, I know you've noticed a lot of things have changed in the football game, but I am so glad I played when you played it. I played right. against you a couple of times, and it, it's, you, you've always brought the best out of uh, not just the individual who was covering you, but the whole secondary because we had the game plan of uh, where's Tim Brown. or It, it wasn't so much uh, the guy the guy across from you. Uh, right. Whoever he could be. Whoever he was, yeah, had a long day. Right, so right. Uh, I, I was so good, uh, so glad to play with you during that time, man. And you, you touched on playing 15 years and maybe missing one game that you couldn't play in. And right. that, and I, that's typical of a, a guy who understands the game, a guy who goes out there with his passion, plays with desire, plays with his heart, and out there trying to make a plays. I may not make a play every game, but I'm a command, a double team, or do, exactly or do what right. I have to do where my team is winning. And I've, and I've played against you, and I've studied you a whole lot uh, during my career. Uh, 
I, don't, I, I haven't missed any game due to injury. Uh, well, I've, let me see if I can get this right. I haven't missed any game that I couldn't play in. Right, like right. you said, they kept you out of one game. And it's just, you know, Sundays. Every day is Sunday to me when I go to practice. I try, right. to, I try to approach practice like I got a game to play on Sunday. And that just make everybody around you that much better. And I appreciate you, man. I appreciate what you've done. The Hall of Fame is coming, but I hope it comes today for you. Well, you know, it, it'll be a beautiful thing, man. And uh, NFL is a... Uh, it's a tough sport. It's a very tough sport, and you know when you uh, you give your heart and soul. You know I actually played 17 years. My first year, I, my rookie year went well. I missed the whole second year with um, uh, with the uh, horrific uh, knee injury, and then I came back and played 15 years after that. And uh, well, no one thought I would be able to play three or four years because of the injury. Uh, so uh, to to you know at that point in my career, you know Hall of Fame and that kind of stuff wasn't. <laughs> it doesn't even cross your mind. Wasn't, at that point. You know, <laughs> let me get on that. So, you know, uh, to, to end up in this position today, uh, you know, it's just a beautiful thing, man. It's, it's good to have made it uh, made it this far, and hopefully things will go well today. Yeah, hopefully. I hope too, man. I, I'm, I'm hoping and praying along with you. It's, uh, it's kind of like waiting to have surgery. You know you got <laughs> right. you know you to get that surgery done. Right. Uh, you try to uh, not think about it, but you cannot <laughs> not think about it, man. But exactly. I, I really don't want to discredit that 17 years, man. You say 15 years you play, but even in that one year, you did everything in that first year to prepare for that. You had a knee injury. Absolutely. That's part of the game. Uh, uh, as a player, I know that's part of the game. If I was an owner, I would say, well, if this guy can't play, he can't play. Right. But as a player, I know that's part of the game. But you came back strong 15 years without missing a game. Man. Well, you know, I was determined that uh, I was going to uh, play as long as I could possibly play. And I, to be honest, I thought it was going to be four or five years because they, they had told me that if my knee lasted till I was 30, then I would be very fortunate. So, and I know I was going to be returning punts. I knew I was going to have to play receiver. I was a guy that once, once I got the ball in my hand, I like to, you know, do a lot of moves and that kind of stuff. So that being the case, I knew that my knee could blow out at any time, you know. Right, so, right, right. Uh, you know, so I just tried to, uh, you know, go out and play as hard as I possibly could, man. And uh, a lot of good things happened for me. And uh, the respect of, of players from all over the league is something now that, uh, you know, when you talk to guys, it's, uh, it's something that makes you feel very, very good about, you know, what you were able to accomplish. Right, and that's great, man. Let me uh, shout out. This is the Kwame Lashley Sports, and we're going to call it the Sometimes Rich Show. We're down here in Miami with the uh, home of the Super Bowl, with the Indianapolis Colts. The uh, New Orleans Saints will take on and see who will be the best team in the league. I am here at the PE with Tim Brown. Tim, now you talk about your NFL career, but you. You have a Heisman. <laughs> you have a Heisman. You, I, we, I watch you in college. I watch you in college, man, and I thought you was like uh, one of – this is why I returned punts. Now, I returned punts for the Cardinals, but I wasn't a Tim Brown return punts from the Cardinals. Yeah, but you did your I, thing. I, I, um, I was only back there when the team would cross the 50, and they had to punt because of the, you know, right. sure hands. You have, you, have to, you have to make sure we get that ball when they Absolutely. do give it away to us. But I watch you, man. You was awesome. Um, along, along with that, now, your, your outstanding college career – you have a life after football. Uh, the Hall of Fame is going to take place, but you have a life after football. If you want to mention a little, bit, a little bit of what you're doing right now. Yeah, man, I, I have a company called uh, Locker 81 Fundraising Solutions, and, and basically what we've done, we've hooked up with a uh, child obesity prevention organization that's trying to uh, get these youth sports groups from fundraising by selling candy and cookies and all that kind of stuff. So uh, because of the obesity problem that kids are having, we're, we're finding that you know most of these folks are buying the candy and eating the candy too so uh, so we hooked up a little deal with Visa where uh, a reloadable card not a credit card so now the family
families can use this card, and every time they do, Visa donates a portion of the of the uh, purchase back to to the organization that uh, that their kid is a part of. So it's sort of a no-brainer way, you know, without the family writing a check because you're going to buy your groceries, you're going to buy your gas, you're going to buy those kind right. of things. So now you can just put those funds on this card, use it, and by doing that, uh, Visa is going to donate money back to the, your kid's organization. So. Well, yeah, well, I, I want to stay on top of that if you don't mind because I, I have a web page too. If I can put that on my web page, yeah, whatever absolutely. I can do to get out the work now, I do foundation and stuff. So sure. wherever I can use what I'm doing and reach out to you, and, and, yeah. and it's all and it's all benefiting those who can't benefit themselves. Absolutely. Whatever I can do, man, you just let me know. You yeah, yeah, that's so, great. So we'll definitely talk about that off the air, but uh, whatever I can do, I'll put it on my webpage. You tell me what you need, what, yeah. I, what I can do, it's done. And you also play uh, one of my favorite sports now, after football, <laughs> and, and, and that's golf, man. <laughs> Your golf game, um, well, I heard you say you haven't played in three months, but you know when you enter that golf, uh, you get into two or three of the holes and you start finding your rhythm back. How's the golf game these days? Well, I tell you what, man. I um, I did something very smart about five years ago. I changed my golf game. Instead of, you know, swinging irons, you know, trying to hit a pitching wedge 130 yards, you know, I, I'll hit a, a eight iron 130 30 yards now. And so when I'm off and when I miss a lot of time, I don't have to spend a lot of time working on my timing. Right. Now I right. can just go back out and I got a little simple three-quarter swing that I really am punching balls, but they're all going straight or, or pretty straight anyway. And uh, so I'm around the green and getting up and down is something that's uh, that's you know pretty simple sometimes. So so I played the last two days, man. I'm very, very proud. You know, played in the golf tournament uh, yesterday with Jimmy Johnson and Nick Lachey where they were handing out $15,000 per hole for your charity. And uh, you can awesome. only win four holes, uh, but we end up winning six holes. Uh, we had to donate two of them back, but we'll, you know, me, Marcus Allen, and a young kid a pitcher out of uh, Miami, uh, out of the Marlins, uh, Joe Johnson, Josh Johnson. Okay. Uh, so we split $60,000 between the three of us, and that money goes to our, our, our foundations. And uh, so it's a beautiful thing. So my golf game was good enough to win me, <laughs> you know, $20,000 yesterday. Yeah, and put so. it to the charity and the things exactly you like right. to do. That's also a credit to you, what you do with the outfield. Also, you want a two extra holes. You get to donate that two extra that's holes. Right. And that's awesome. So Marcus' game must have got real. He, I, I played with no. Marcus in um, – no. No, we, we carried him. Okay. Because <laughs> I know he's a technician. He's, oh, it he's drives like, you nuts. Yeah, and some are like, what are you doing? You building a car? He, <laughs> <laughs> I played with him out in Arizona, man. We was at the uh, golf course out there, and, and I thought, you know, he, it was like step after step. He was like uh, not procrastinating, but – uh, technically, he's trying to be sound on yeah, every yeah, shot. Yeah, well, and, now, you talk about changing the game, with, with taking a eight iron instead of pitcher words. I'm like, why don't you just do that? That, right. that makes more sense. Well, you know, I, I, I play with Marcus probably, you know, 150, 200 times. And <laughs> over the last 50 times I play with him, he has a different swing the last 50 times. Right. I mean, he takes lessons from all the Butch Harmons and Ledbetters, all those guys. And, you know, and you can't have all those swing thoughts. His swing is pretty. Right. I mean, he has a very pretty golf swing, but unfortunately, you know, we just don't know where the ball is going right. all the time. So. See, I, I've, I've never taken lessons. I thought I'll take, you know, when you have a bad round, I'm thinking, like, maybe I could take some lessons. This is enough is this. Enough is enough. Let me go take some lessons. Maybe I get down to that scratch golf. <laughs> but I, I think I play well enough, man, from teaching myself how to do this game. Right. So, but, um, 
it is one of the most sports, one of my most favorite sports outside of football. Absolutely. Where I can go out there and it's just me. I don't have to. You don't have to worry about competing. I don't yeah. have to competing worry about competing. Yourself. Exactly. And the golf course and what they're trying to do. Yep. Then they got this new thing with the grooves. Can't be on your wedges. But it's still, it's still more competitive to me. Whatever you try to take away from me that I've already had, let me see how I can make my other things right. work. So, right, right. But, and that goes back to what me saying earlier that I appreciate your work on the field. I only have a, a handful of favorite players, man, and you one of them that I like to play against. Uh, Ronnie Lott is one that I uh, kind of emulate Absolutely. my game around. Sure. And uh, Larry Sinners, because Larry Sinners was a guy that if he didn't make a play, uh, if he was hurt or not, you know, sometimes the coach would, if you hurt, you can't play, we can use right. two players for you, put, your, put a guy on special teams. But he would go in that huddle and allow guys to make plays. So you one of the guys I love because I know you was going to show up and come to work. Mm -hmm. uh, I know you was going to bring out the best in our secondary. And it's crazy how a whole team will change their, their scheme around <laughs> one prayer. But we, we, we roll coverages to you. Right. Uh, regardless who the corner is, we had, I had a guy on my team, Aeneas Williams, but we still were roll coverage. <laughs> <Right. laughs> so that's just a credit to you, man. I appreciate you how, you, how you play the game, how you approach the game, what you've done for the game. That goes back to say this. The Hall of Fame is maybe today uh, that you get your name get called. And we're going to get out of here and, and make sure you're in the right place at the right time. So <laughs> so it's not stress, it's a stressful situation whether you want to believe it. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing too, man. It, it so, is. Yeah, I'm it just going to, you know, if my, hey, the good thing is I don't have to wait long because I'm going to be the first one called. <laughs> and if my name is not called, then I know it's time to pack up the bags and get ready to go back home to Dallas. That's so it, I appreciate you having me on, man. This has been great. Uh, I appreciate you coming, man. This is Voice America Sport, Kwame Lassa Sports. We have Tim Brown, Hall of Fame. I want to say future Hall of Fame, but I'm going to go ahead and claim that thing right now. <laughs> Now, I'm going to claim it because if you, if you watch the guy play, if you watch the work he put in, the numbers, you'll never know the, the, the behind-the-scenes stuff. But that's why we're talking about Tim Brown. That's why he's going to be in a, a fraternity with some of the greatest players ever played the game ever done this thing before and what makes the lead what it is you, you got a lot of issues with a lot of athletes who make that uh you know you, you you see them in the news for this you see them in the news for that and it's not always good but uh, they don't see a lot of times the positive things the behind right. the scenes stuff there and, and i appreciate you man i appreciate tim brown for the foundation uh for the way you approach the game a lot of a lot of people learn how to play football when they come in they got a veteran team right, or a right. veteran leadership i've learned from uh, uh seth Jordan, clive simmons uh, Lorenzo Lynch. Mm -hmm. I learned from these guys uh, how to practice, not just how to go out there. That's Everybody's right. an all-star in college, but when you come to the league, you got to learn how to play that national football level. And I learned from these guys, man. And and, and I, the years I played, I enjoyed them. Right, I, right. I, I love football, but I miss the camaraderie more than anything. Sure, sure. I miss no, doubt. no doubt. No well, doubt. I, I appreciate you, man. I know you're going to roam, roam around. We'll talk a little <laughs> bit later on some other stuff. Sounds good, man. All right, My thanks. pleasure. That's Tim Brown. I, I'm, again, I'm not going to say future Hall of Fame. I'm going to go ahead and claim that. That guy's put the work in better than anybody, better than most has done the thing before. Again, this is Kwame Lassie of the Sports. This is Kwame Lassie of the Sports, sometimes Rich Show. My man Rich is in Virginia. He snowed in. He can't get out of Virginia. I told him, come on down to Miami where, where things are hot, where hot, things are sunny, things are looking good. Uh-oh, we got some nonsense going on around here. I know that won't you. <laughs> I got Ron Treasures. He's working the keys. He's engineering everything, keeping everything, uh, keeping everything straight. You hear that noise? That didn't come from us. That's somewhere. Because again, we are at the PNE. That is the Player Network event, a uh, sanctioned Super Bowl event. It's a great atmosphere for networking and business and getting and getting a lot of contact. So we have uh, we have a lot of jazz going on with that. We are. 
We are in Miami, and the New Orleans Saints are playing the Indianapolis Colts. Again, let's go here. We quite a lot of sports. Let's go sometimes with show. We can have a good time out here, man. Come on down if you can. I may have uh, Seth Jordan come on air live with us here. Uh, he's doing a lot of nutritionist things right now, Seth Jordan. And, um, and, and it's good. It's, it's good stuff. Every time I go, every time I'm out in Phoenix, every time I'm out in Arizona, you see a lot of things about what Seth is doing. So uh, this is uh, we, we all good, Ray? We all good. We got Ray Ellis out here. We got uh, Lemont Williams out here. These guys are, uh, it's just a great event. Again, if you can get out here, P&E. Again, a live show. What's going on, Ryan? Ryan's about to grab the mic. Um, well, you know, I could have just leave you in here by yourself. I'm so fine, man. I I love, hey, I love to talk, man. I love to talk, but you hear the music. Hey, you're doing a good job, because when you came on, I can hear that music a lot better in my ears. Yeah, we got another mic. So, when you, oh, so when another mic come on, you yeah. get this. Oh, yeah. All right. Got more mics in the room, pick up a little more sound. Hey, I want to know your take on the game tomorrow. You Tell me what you think. You going New Orleans? I'm, uh, I'm you going, you going Colts? I like, I like with the... Uh, I like what Peyton Manning, who he is, and what he does on the football field. I like that he's a head coach that's on the field. I like that he's a general and what he does. But I'm going with the uh, New Orleans Saints. I'm going with New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees, man. Drew Brees is a consummate pro. Not that Peyton Manning isn't, but I watched this guy fight against all odds. I watched this guy uh, do what he's done. Uh, they, they forced him out of, in my opinion, forced him out of See, uh, San Diego. I played. I played with him in San Diego. Then he goes to New Orleans and, and almost revived that that city after a horrific accident, uh, tragedy in Katrina. Uh, but Drew Brees is what what you need and what you need right now. So, and that is my opinion. That that's who I'm going with. The New Orleans Saints for the Super Bowl. I know you are a huge Cardinals fan, and Cardinals made a. a I'm little, staying NFC, man. I go, I'm going with the. I'm going with the Saints too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But especially after they after they beat up the uh, Arizona Cardinals, yeah, they, they, they crushed us. And maybe and maybe solidify the uh, thought process in Kurt Warner and return. You're a former Cardinal too, so do you feel like that you got crushed too? No, I don't. I don't. Because when I woke up the next day, I was feeling fine. When, when Kurt Warner woke up, he said, man, I am retiring from this nonsense right here. When, when I, no, I don't feel crushed at all. So I'm, I'm good as far as what the Cardinals has done. I'm, I'm, I'm proud, actually proud of what the Cardinals have done. Good, yeah. What they've done in two years, and then I think it was all a change of mindset, all, um, a whole lot of change of the discipline these guys went into. We have uh, Lima, you on? Well, I, I got Lima Williams here. He does a uh, Ryan's gonna get him up here. Yeah, right, you should be up now, Lima. We got you. Okay, I'm hot now. Okay, oh, you I'm hot, you I'm hot. Really, no, we, we, were talk, hot. we were talking. <laughs> we got that New Orleans uh, sound right here. So I think it's more of a New Orleans Saints atmosphere in here. Again, we, we at the PNE Players Network event. And um, and you down here with Boss America, Lee Mom, but I, I I listen to your show sometimes, and Ray always talking about you, man. He does, man. I, I, he talk about you a lot, and um, it's great that you down here. But we were talking about the Arizona, the Arizona Cardinals, but the Indianapolis Colts and the New Orleans Saints. So who you gonna pick? I already told me Ryan that I got the Saints. Well, it's funny you picked the Saints because I'm leaning towards the Saints, and and I think it's our hometown guy. I think it's gonna be the difference maker. And I think it's gonna be Darren Sharper. I think right. the battle between Peyton Manning. 
so much that he's cerebral. A lot of guys say he's the smartest player to play the game right. at quarterback. I think that matchup between Darren Sharper and Darren Sharper was an outstanding acquisition pickup this year. The fact that he's able to disguise the defense and move around your former safety as well, so you know what it takes to play back there. And it's just, I think that battle will be won by Darren. Uh, first half, and I think he's going to have an outstanding game. Right. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Darren. Plus, we, he and I both were the same, number 42. But he's from, again, he's from Virginia, man. He's a he's a guy who consistently made plays. He's one of those guys that every time the ball's around, the uh, ball's in the air, he's around the, he's around the ball. And Darren Shopper, for a lot of reasons, I'm going for uh, New Orleans, but I am so, I'm also a fan of uh, Drew Brees. I play with that guy, but you got to always go with the home team, man, regardless of, of, of what it is. You got to root for those guys because you get them to nod. You, I know I used to see guys on the field, and I used to just nod my head at them because I know what it took for you to get here. So it wasn't a whole lot of talk that needed to be made or be said and done before a game. It's more so after the game when you had to do a lot of talking. And it's funny you mentioned home team because on the opposite side of the field, we have Antoine Bethea. He's from my area as well. He's from the Newport News. Oh, yeah, Virginia absolutely. Area. Yeah, I, so, I was doing a camp. I don't mean to cut you off, but I was doing a camp with Antoine back home in Virginia, man. And uh, he's, he's such a positive guy. He's such a great guy. Again, we are live down here at PE. We out in Miami, Florida for getting ready for the Super Bowl. Indianapolis Colts, New Orleans Saints. This is Quarmalize Sports. We'll call it sometime Rich Show. I have another guest on. It's Seth Jordan. Seth Jordan, welcome to the show, man. I gotta get Ryan our treasure. Ryan, where's Ryan? Ryan? Ryan's running around here. Ryan's running around. He, Ryan's running we, around here. We get Seth on a little he, bit, get a mic Yeah, he's supposed to be doing his work. He's but, supposed to be doing his work. He ain't even. He ain't even working, though. He want to enjoy the festivities. Get my man Ray Ellis. Get my man Mike on. Seth, join the key. Is that, is that good for you? That's all good. Oh, okay. Uh, Seth, I apologize. It's usually a professional show. <laughs> I understand. Oh, man. Hey, earlier I had a... Uh, Seth, I don't know if you met Lee Moore Williams. How you doing? Earlier I had on uh, Tim Brown, and Tim Brown is a... Uh, I won't say he's in panic mode, but he's uh, nervous because the Hall of Fame stuff come out today, and uh, and uh, we, you know, I hope he's one of the guys to do it because I told him there's a lot of guys. When I came out of college at Kansas, a lot of guys have taught me how to play football. Everybody's good in college, and I told him that you were one of the guys. Seth Jordan was one of the guys that taught me how to play football, not just the. Not just to go out there and try to make plays, but how to make those plays on, on during the week. I told him, you, Aeneas, uh, Clyde Williams, I just watched you guys be professional, man. It wasn't so much uh, the, the activity of doing it, but watch you guys being professional, man. And I know you have a, a lot of things going on, and it's why you're down here at the PE, and we'll talk about that. But you can talk about the change of the game, uh, how I, uh, the guys are coming in there that need to be more professional about it. Well, you know, it's definitely a tough thing because the game has changed so much now. You know, as an old veteran, we felt like it was necessary for us to pass on the method, the information, the know-how, you know, of becoming a, a pro. Because, you know, it's really all about practicing how you expect to play. You know, you hear coaches always say, you know, practice how you play. Well, how do you expect to play? How do you want to play? Well, it's a process. You learn how to prepare. You learn how to take care of yourself. You learn how to study. You learn how to do all the things that are necessary to ensure that you're successful. Right. I, I would say that I answer this. You know, everybody's somewhat good at the level of play what they do. But I, I played a lot of years in the league, and I and I put anything on it, and I tell anybody, I wouldn't have played that 
that many years if it wasn't for guys like Seth Jonah, Aeneas Williams, Clyde Simmons, uh, Eric Hill. I went, I played, I came into a veteran team with a veteran coaching style uh, and Buddy Ryan, and and I would be, I would put anything on it. Like I said, I wouldn't play that many years if I never learned how to play football. If I never. I, when I'm when I my first year when I was to walk out of the meeting room, you still in there watching film. I'm like, what is this guy? This guy's good. Everybody knows Seth Jordan. He's good. Why is he still watching film? But there was always that little something that you might have missed, something you might see to, that you can, and not that you were looking for it just for yourself, but you always came to meet and say, look out for this or watch out for this. I noticed this on film. And then everybody else will fall in place and say, yeah, that could affect us in some way. And we played in that aggressive 46 defense. And I, I, I thank you. First of all, I'm glad I got you in there because, man, I appreciate you. I thank you um, uh, for how you approach the game. And, and hopefully one day your, your name, because you got two Super Bowl rings, right? Am I, I got one. You got one. You played in two Super I should have. I should have three. three. You should. Have. <laughs> you should have had three with that number one defense for one. That should have been one with the number one defense in the history of the game. Um, I know you got one, and um, you got that one out of Denver, right? And then, yeah. uh, and you played in one in Green Bay. In Green Bay, lost one in Green Bay, right. won one in Denver, and um, w was real close to signing with the Rams the following oh. year. And um, you know, when Dick Vermeil told me he wanted me to come in and back up. You know, I was like, you know, if I can't compete for for the sorry Rams, right? You know, and lo and behold, Kurt Warner comes in. You know, takes these guys to the Super Bowl. You know, could have could have been three in a row. But you know, that's that's just the way the that's the way the business goes. And um, you know, I appreciate all that you say, man. It's never been it's never it's never been a big deal um, for me to to step up and help young players uh, because I. I had a veteran when I came into the game that helped me become the player that I became. So I think it's only natural that you pay it forward. If the, if the team is going to be successful, then it's up to the older guys to step up and teach the young guys, you know, how the game is, is, is to be played and how to prepare themselves and do all, all the right things and whatnot. But, um, you know, I I, I I just enjoyed that. I just enjoyed that. I mean, if it's, to me, if the game is important enough to you, then you'll do all the things that's necessary, you know, for you to win. Well, and you say that, and and I, I can't understand why a lot of guys, man, a lot of guys get into a position where football is, is, football is pretty much all year round, but you physically and the mentally part of it, while the season is going on, do the right things because you do and you will have time to enjoy what you do. If you're a consummate pro uh, like Seth, Seth is always in the film room. Seth is always trying to make other people better. Uh, after he watched film and do all the things on the field, he played the game during the week. So when Sunday came around, it was full speed ahead. And I've, I've noticed that, man. And Seth, you took a fire from me. I don't know if you remember this. In the, uh, <laughs> in the Detroit game, man, I was, I was just coming into the league. Uh, I was a punt protector and uh, on the aisle, uh, a crazy aisle. I was a pump protector, and then I'm up there, I'm down there fighting, but Seth grabbed this guy, man, slams him on the ground, then referee throws him out of the game, he gets the fine the next week. You don't remember that, but it was, uh, I appreciate stuff like that, and you talk about if it's important to you to do all the right things, man. It just, I came into the right situation at the right time. I was not drafted um, to play foot professional football, but I wanted to come to Cardinals because the Cardinals flew me out here, and I knew the guys, the professional guys there, that I may learn how to play football. I may be able to stick around. Uh, you know, it, it was not one of my goals. My goals was to do some other stuff, but football was always a dream. So I came into the right situation, and I believe, honestly believe, if I'd have went anywhere else, I would have uh, not played as long as I have.
uh, regardless of the talent that I have, but you have to go into the right. I think everything is timing. Well, you know, I, I think one of the problems that we have now is that um, there's so many young players in the game now, and because of the salary cap and, you know, after you create a name for yourself and you reach a certain age, teams are looking to figure out, you know, how can we clear cap space? Um, if we can bring in two players for, you know, a third or a fourth of what we're playing is one guy, you know, he may be injury prone at 30, 31, 32 years old. Right. Um, you know, they're looking for ways to cut, cut salaries. I think it really does the game a disservice because when you have those older players on the team, those older players are going to be the ones that's going to teach the young guys, you know, how to get it done. They're going to set the example. They're going to be the mentors. Uh, because when I came into the game, that's what I had. I had a guy that said, you know, hey, if you want to succeed, this is what you do and this is what you don't do. This is where you go and this is where you don't go. These are the people you hang out with and these are the people you stay away from. This is how you prepare. Learn your defense because the one thing the coaches hate, they hate young players that don't know what the heck they're doing. Right, with so much talent. Lima, you probably could weigh in on this, but you have so much talent, but you're making the same mistake over and over and not on different plays, but on the same play. You're absolutely right. I when I was with the Skins briefly under Steve Spurrier, it was it, it was not about everybody was talented on the team. I played behind LeVar Arrington, so you know I learned a lot from LeVar, Jeremiah Trotter as well, uh, Jesse Armstead. But you know I just man, I just I was just trying to I learned a lot from Daryl Green. Yeah. Daryl Green, first thing he told me was uh, uh, live within your means. I'm like, what is he talking about? You know what is that? He and I pulled him to the side later on after practice, like, hey, what do you mean by living? He's like. You know, take care of your money, handle your business. And now that I'm in Houston, you know, covering the Houston Texans, things of that nature, I can, I can live comfortably without having to go out there and try to find a job that has to, you know, feed my family. Because right. I prepared myself for after the game. Right. I, I would say, I mean, uh, uh, all the guys coming to the league, you know, I can say I was one of the most blessed, one of the most luckiest guys because I came into some uh, professional guys who, who, whether we won or lost, they went about their business trying to win a football game every day. And and that was every day in practice. Then, so we got on a Sunday. Our situation wasn't as glorified as most teams who win. But you, you I, I, I do know this for a fact. Teams didn't want to play us twice. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not lying. Teams did not want to play us twice. Whether we, won, whether we won or lost that game, they did not want to play our defense. They know they was going to make some plays uh, from on our offense. They did not want to play our defense. Those guys were, they not just hitting you. They holding you up so everybody else can hit you. Well, I got a question for Seth. You, you started your career. You played with the Eagles. Talk about the Eagles' defense. And also, do you think Donovan McNabb will be back next season? Arizona. Well, you know, our defense was just really built um, to be a dominant defense. You know, Buddy Ryan came in and was our um, head coach and defensive coordinator the year after the Chicago Bears won the Super Bowl. And his whole intent was to recreate the Chicago Bear defense all over again in Philadelphia. Well, you know, he already had, you know, the premier pass rusher and in, 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 um, in Reggie White. Um, you know, it took a couple of years. I think the offense probably evolved forward before the defense did. But once we got kind of got a grasp, I mean, I came in, I was there the first year. It really took me two years to learn that defense to the point where it was just comfortable, where I didn't have to think about it, you know, where I knew where every single guy, in a way, you know, I'm a visual learner, so what I, the way I learned how to how to understand the defense, I didn't just learn my position. I would draw up offensive formations and plug the defenses in and then put 
pieces in motion so I knew where everybody fit. So at the time I was learning my position, but what I didn't realize at the time that I was learning what everybody on the defense was doing. So when there was a blitz ran, I knew where every single guy on the defense was supposed to be, whether the corner was supposed to be inside or outside technique. I could tell you where everybody was supposed to be. Um, so that defense was just really bred for dominance, man. And, um, you know, the timing was just bad because when the offense, you know, was tearing it up, the defense was still learning. And then once the defense really hit its stride, you know, I think it was 1991 and 1992, you know, we went number one across the board in every statistical category. Um, Randall Cunningham blows his knee out the first game, first series of the first game of the season in Green Bay. You know, so the timing, you know, people don't understand all the things that's involved. You know, you got to have you got to stay healthy. You got to be peaking at the right time. You got to have all the integral pieces need to be in place in order for you to make a run in the Super Bowl. Um, your question about Don McNabb, you know, I was on a radio show in Philadelphia a couple of weeks ago, and a guy asked me about it, and I said, you know, Donovan reminds me of Randall Cunningham. You know, it's the same situation for these two quarterbacks. You know, when the defense was dominant, they didn't. He didn't have enough weapons. Okay, now that he's got enough weapons, the defense is not dominant. Okay, and even though he's got those 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 weapons, you know, he's never really enjoyed a running game. You know, so the pressure's on him to make it happen all by himself. It's the same way with Randall. And you ask a guy in the NFL, today's NFL, to drop back and throw the ball 40-plus times a game on an ongoing basis, you're asking for trouble. He's going to turn the ball over. There's going to be some some sacks he's going to take. There's going to be some fumbles. And they want, they want this guy to stay in the pocket and be a pocket passer. But, I mean, when you watched him play Dallas those last two games of the season, he was running for his life every single play. Play. Now, if the Philadelphia Eagles decide to move Donovan McNabb, for the Philadelphia fans, what they have to realize is that is an indication that the Philadelphia Eagles are saying that their window of opportunity is now closed. Yeah. And what they're doing is rebuilding. If they're real serious about, you know, making another run, if they feel like they've got another run left in them, then you'll see Donovan McNabb back in Philadelphia next year. And, and I'll tell you what, you make a good point, because that's when the business part of it come in, because I didn't, I didn't understand. I was trying to learn how to play football and I was learning from some of the best, but I didn't understand the business part of it when I saw guys like Larry Sinners go. I mentioned Larry Sinners, a guy who don't have to make a play on that offense, but he make the other 10 guys around him that much better. Uh, what he says and what he does in the huddle and, and what he commands from defenses, he make that much, much that much of the team better. And that's when the business come in, when you can let a guy like Larry Sinners go, when you can let a uh, Jameer Miller, a, a, a um, Seth Joyner, when you can let these got to walk away from your franchise when you you yourself is trying to build, trying to establish who you want to be in this National Football League. When you let Aeneas walk away to a, a, a team in uh, St. Louis, that's when the business part will come a, come a part of it. And I think that's the bad part of it because there's some accountants, went, some college kids went to school to be accountants. They come in, they don't see you, they don't hear it and talk to you in the locker room, what you're saying to these people. They just push in the numbers and they push it off to somebody else and say, well, we can do without him. Let's see if we can get two for one. And as far as 
man. As far as the business, we we done talking football, man. So you 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 have something going on, uh, nutritionists, and and I've uh, I met uh, Melanie, I met uh, Teresa, and Susan, right. and I, they're a great group. Of, and they, I can get them up here if you want them to. Uh, here's uh, Sarah, but um, you can you can speak a little bit about on what you have going on right now. Well, you know, um, the girls, Sarah, Teresa, and Melanie, they approached me um, about about nine months ago about becoming a spokesperson um, for their company. Um, and I told them, I said, you know, um, I got to go through the program first before I can endorse it. You know, if I believe it, then I'll stand by behind it 100%. Um, the good thing is, you know, I have phenomenal results with it. I, I, you know what, I can tell, I'm going to cut you off. When I saw them, they, I saw them the other night, I said, Seth looked like he can play. He's, he's making, that, that stuff work. <laughs> what he's doing, he looked like he's ready to play again. Well, you know, what, what it was was I just felt like, you know, it was time for me to, you know, make some changes. Um, you know, last summer I went to Hawaii and um, got home, was looking at some pictures, and I'm like, who in the world? I'm, I'm, I'm saying to myself, I'm like, who is that chubby guy, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in our pictures? You know? So, you know, I, I keep looking, and the, the, the way that I find out that it's me is I look, I'm like, man, that, that chubby guy got swimming trunks like mine. I was like, man, that chubby guy got got tattoos on his arm that look like mine. And I was at that point, you know, it was like, okay, we got to do something, you know. And, yeah. and to, you know, to make the situation worse, there are points, points over the last three or four years where there's been a number of guys that I played with and played against, you know, that have passed away because of various health conditions. Right. Um, so I went through the program. And within the 11-week process of the program, I lost 25 pounds. Wow. Um, it was a great education and nutrition for me and my family because um, it showed us it wasn't a diet so much as it was a way to change our lifestyle. Um, alternative ways to eat, alternative options for eating. Um, the girls came in, we cooked in my house, we shopped together, we went to restaurants, you know, uh, to explore organic foods and healthier foods, and it's really just creating a lifestyle. And, and, and this is major with me because, you know, when I first started out, it was A, me, my family. B, as I started to look at, you know, former players, it's a big deal um, for former players when they get done and they walk away from the game to be able to, you know, look at nutrition and their health you know, from a from a different perspective, and say that you know what? Hey, I've been healthy my entire life. I've, you know, eaten right and trained right. And now that I'm done, I've got to maintain some semblance of that so that I can stay healthy. Um, because what's the sense of having a successful career? You got kids, and you just let yourself go. You know, at some point in time, you know, you got to look at it, look at it realistically and say to yourself, you know, if I don't take care of myself, I'm not going to be around for my kids. I'm not going to be around to enjoy, you know, everything that I worked so hard for. Well, I appreciate that, man. Absolutely, I, I would love to get more information on. We run out of time right now. I don't know why, but we are. Um, where can I? Where can I? Uh, briefly, website where I need to put it on. You where need to go to www.discovernutrition365.com. www.discovernutrition365.com. Uh, give us any, any information you want up there. Let us know. We'll reach out to Seth. We'll reach out to a, a great group of girls. They are, they are excellent, man. But you gotta send me your information, what you want to know, and I'll get you in contact with them. Again, this is Kwame Lassie Sports. We'll call it Sometimes Rich Show. We live here in Miami, Florida, Indianapolis, Coast, New Orleans, New Orleans Saints. Go Saints!
internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Haiti has been hit hard by a massive earthquake. Hundreds of thousands of children and families are suffering and without basic necessities. Save the Children is on the scene to save lives. Your donation is urgently needed. Call 1-800-SAVE-THE-CHILDREN or go online at savethechildren.org. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Time to take you into the locker room with Des Clark, along with co-host Paul Fresh Clark and Lester Scudder Davis, to tell you like it really is. Although they may get a little unruly at times, it's always sportsmanlike conduct. So let's get into it. Des Clark, sportsmanlike conduct, coming to you from Miami, Florida, the site of the Super Bowl at the PNE Troop 21 networking event. Doing it without Fresh and doing it without Scudder, they couldn't make it down this week, but we're having a good good time down here in Miami, networking, trying to get our name out there and trying to get some business relationships going, like I said, down here at the PNE Troop 21 networking event. Um, glad to be with y'all. Got a half an hour to sit and talk some football, talk some everything, talk some business relationships since we are talking about networking. Um, and we're going to start off with two guys that I know very well, um, that I'm actually business partners with. Uh, we have one, Steve Irwin, and then we have uh, uh, Saul Hopperin, both of Highlander Wealth Management, a company that we all own together, and we are here trying to promote guys. I thank you guys for coming to the show. Just tell me a little, little bit of why um, you guys decided to come down to Miami and um, come to these networking events and try to get our name out there. Sure, Desmond. Thanks for having us on. This is Saul talking here. Uh, first of all, it's just a great event down here for Triple Money. We're down here, as you said, to network. We want to meet some players and uh, see what's going on in the Miami area, which has been just a total zoo, actually. It's around the, around the uh, South Beach area. It's been uh, wild. We were at a Rolls-Royce party last night with a number of players, and it's just been, it's been great down here. So um, what, what we're doing is looking for players and people who we can meet and help to do a better job post-career with their income streams. So that, that's our main goal. Go ahead, so, um, Steve. Hi, this is Steve Irwin. Yeah, uh, just to uh, reiterate what Saul was saying, we're you know we're really all about helping the athlete and making sure that the athlete is protected both during their career and after their career, uh, making sure that their finances are in order, helping them with cash flow planning, uh, setting their family up for success in the future, and uh, just making sure that they're protected. There's a lot of people out there preying on professional athletes these days, uh, and uh, you know we're just building building a, a, a stable of, of clients who, you know, who trust us and, and, and trust what we do, and, um, and uh, we, 
just want to help. That's all. Uh, talk a little bit about, you know, us as athletes, like uh, you said earlier, Saul, they come after us and, and try to get us in that in that tangled web that, that we'll, call, we'll call it. What are some of the downfalls that you guys see that athletes get into, and how can you help correct that um, with how, at Howland and Wealth Management? Great. Um, Desmond. What we'll see uh, typically with athletes is that they have gotten used to a level of living or lifestyle that is not sustainable post-career. Um, not so much because of the fact that they have uh, made any bad decisions on their own side, but because they haven't had someone there who they could bring in and tell them uh, just some of the, the things that they should be considering as they have uh, a high level of income for a short period of time. Uh, we also work with entertainers, and they have a similar problem where it's a, a chunky income stream or, or something that is not guaranteed going in the future, and you need to think uh, forward on that. So that's one of the main things we see with athletes. Um, a second thing that we see with the athletes is getting into private deals or deals with um, folks who they thought were friends who turn out to not be friends. And so one of our jobs there is to be a protector for them and to come in and uh, do due diligence on some of the things that they may see coming across their plates and help them make decisions about what is the best way to take care of themselves and their families because that's who they need to take care of first. You know, um, being an athlete and being around athletes, um, I know a lot of guys get caught up in trying to make quick money. Steve, if you had to give athletes advice about getting into those type of get-quick-rich deals, what would you say to them? Well, the first thing I think I would say is that you know anyone that comes to you and promises you 30% returns with no risk is uh, patently lying to you, and you need to understand that. Uh, that uh, you know those really get-rich-quick schemes, uh, you know, are, are almost always uh, frauds. So you want to be really cognizant of that. Uh, and the, you know what I'd really say is that anytime uh, you know, you're investing in any type of a business deal, uh, it's all about right having the right team there to help you uh, look at the deal, evaluate it, and do proper due diligence to make sure that the deal, uh, you know, that the people are, you know, are doing what they say that they're going to do, uh, that the, the investment is structured the way that they say it's structured, uh, and that the assets are really there. And, uh, you know, it's really about acting as a gatekeeper for our clients so that, uh, you, you know, uh, athletes are constantly getting barraged uh, from all angles from people wanting them to invest in a variety of deals. And uh, having a gatekeeper that you know, they can just pass it off to and uh, and get that initial due diligence on just to make sure that it's even worth looking at can be really valuable so that the players can concentrate on playing football, which is what they really want to be doing. You listen to Sportsmanlike Conduct with host Dez Clark without Fresh and Scudder today. Um, guys, I, I appreciate you guys coming on. Can you give everybody um, a way to get in contact with you if they, they want to talk more business about investments and what you can um, help, help them do? Uh, sure. The easiest way, uh, you know, you can go online at www.highlanderwealth.com uh, and you can always uh, call us directly at 303-449-6125. All right, I appreciate that, guys. And um, I guess you out here to network, so I'll let you get back to, to doing the networking and I enjoy you guys um, coming on. I appreciate you guys coming on, so um, thank you for that. Thank All you, right, Thank you, Desmond. All right, y'all take it easy. Hey, we got... Mr. Mays, Mr. Corey Mays in the house with us down here at the PNE PN Networking event put on by Troop, Troop 21. Corey, how you doing? 
How's everybody out there in Radio Land doing? Oh, I, I think I think everybody out there is doing good, man. They, if they're doing half as good as we're doing down here in sunny Miami, 78 degrees a day, you can't beat it, especially from a guy like you that's that play in Kansas City. And do you live in Chicago? Uh, you know, I'm yeah, I'm back and forth all over the place. I'm a young guy, you know, no kids, you know, no wife. So, so I can, just living life right now. I can get up and go, you know, network and do what I need to do. Now I, I talked to you a little earlier, and, and you're down here like me, kind of hating a little bit, you know, that we're not in in that. Super Bowl game, don't really want to watch the game too much and, and see all that celebration. Man, tell us what, what the Kansas City Chiefs got to do next year to get in that playoff hunt so maybe next year we can see you guys in, I mean, in Dallas. We got to win and uh, basically you know, we got to go out there and win and win and win and win. How, how was the transition this year um, going to a new coach? Um, I actually played for uh, his name is escaping me right now. Uh, your head coach. Ty Haley. Yeah, I played for Ty Haley. Well, he was a receivers coach when I was out in Chicago, and he was a fire guy out there in Chicago. Does he still have that same type of get-in-your-face type personality get you going? Mm, he sure does. <laughs> yes, sir. That, yeah, that's Ty he's, Haley. He's very emotional, uh, always fired up, always ready to go. Uh, I mean, but to me, that's motivation. Uh, keeps you on your toes. Make sure, you know, you know, he cares every day. He's not there just nonchalant. He wants you to get better, and he's going to work you. Right, and, and I, that offense that he ran out in um, Arizona was a prolific offense, you know, putting up all those points with um, the quarterback and the receivers that they had out there. Um, not so much this year. How's the offense coming along out there, and what, what are you guys looking forward to next year? Uh, I'll probably get in trouble when I get back by speaking on this, and they catch wind of this, so I'll probably uh, – just keep kind of quiet on it, but I know they're going to have things together. Uh, there was tremendous improvement uh, throughout the season. You couldn't always see it, you know, because you're losing the games, but I mean, especially down the stretch, it was just incredible. You know, our offense putting things together, putting drives together. Right, and, and then with you being on that defensive side of the ball, I mean, y'all have a lot of big-time athletes and big-time names on that defense. I'm quite sure you guys are going to put it together next year because, I mean, you, you guys have too many athletes on that side of the ball not to be a good Kansas City defense. Um, what are you expecting from, from that I mean, defense definitely. next year? I mean, you know, we had a real young defense, and uh, I mean, you have two corners, uh, a rookie, Two corners, second-year players. You know, he's second-year player in Glenn on, on the D-line. Uh, Tyson was a rookie. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it, a lot of young guys. So, you know, it, it all takes experience. That, that, and those were exactly the guys that I was talking about, man. Hey, I wish you good luck, man, um, going into the season next year. And hopefully, you know, we see y'all some, somewhere down the road in the Super Bowl. Appreciate so, like, it. I, I don't and, think we and, play y'all at all. if we see you, I don't wish you good luck. How about that? Well, I wish you good luck until you see us. <laughs> I appreciate it. it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank Definitely. you. Definitely, definitely. All right. Appreciate you coming on. Mr. Corey Mays on with Dez Clark, Sportsman Light Conduct, and we've been blessed oh. with, with, with Mr. Weaver to oh, drop man. in, the oh, all-pro. Mr. Oh. Weaver, how you doing, man? I'm, I'm blessed, man. I can't call it no other way, baby. Hey, you know what? I really appreciated you last night, man. You made me <laughs> smile the whole time. Yeah, man, I got two minutes. <laughs>
I kind of been up here for five, but I think now, I, got 30, I got 30 seconds. You, you know he come from the black church. The black church you never know, on time. Hey, man, I'm telling you what, that, 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 that tensions man, man, go away real quick if you ain't saying nothing, bro. But, but you know what? It, it's always good if you're keeping everybody entertained. You got a good story, oh, and, and, and you blessing everybody with what you said, man. Yeah, I, I really appreciated that coming from you, man. Like I said, I was entertained. I was blessed, oh, and, I, and I enjoyed it, man. Well, you know, that's a blessing, man. You know, that's one of the things that, you know, as a player, we kind of realize, you know, the platform that we have is very important. And the things we do and the things we say stick to people, man, no matter where they go, man. And so when we have that opportunity to present something to somebody that makes a difference, as in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we have to have a chance. We have to present that thing. Yes, sir. And, and I appreciate you standing up and doing what you do because, you know, a lot of times we, we hide. Right. Us as Christians, we hide. We don't speak up and speak out loudly. And, you exactly. know, I, I've, I've been, you know, I've been guilty of that before. No and And the more, the more you see your, your fellow brothers and your fellow people, doing it, it gives more people encouragement to step out and step forward. So, I mean, you never know who you're going to bless when you're out there just talking about it. And, man, you just keep keep doing it, man, because you're blessing a lot of people. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, you know what? People have to realize this, man, that as we as Christians continue to live our life, that our lives are never for ourselves, but they're always for those who are to come. Because we got to understand, the things we go through was never meant for us, but they were meant for the ones to come so we can give our testimony so that they can be blessed. And once the church or the body of Christ realize one thing, and that's this. If you learn how to accept your sins for what they are, bring them out of the darkness and put them into the light, then your testimony can be even more effective because now people see, man, he's actually been through a lot of things. So people get scared to present their sin because of what people may say. But God didn't tell us to worry about what people may say, but he said, do what I told you to do. So that's a blessing in itself, brother. Yes, it is, man. And um, you, you also made a comment about you guys getting beat. I, I forget which particular team. 2005, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you said that was another Lord. Now, you did something to us in 2007 um, in that preseason game. And I, I tell you, I, I didn't know, you know, your name, yes, Dan Leonard Weaver. No you, were, you were just coming onto the scene. And, man, you ran through us. And that had to be of the Lord because you just, I mean, you was taking um, kickoffs back and everything, catching pass. I'm like, who, who is this guy, man? And then, you know, three years later, you're in the Pro Bowl, man. So man. That's, that's a wonderful story. Well, man, it goes to speak back, man, that God has been the head of my life, man. And I tell you, it's been a blessing in it. And you know, when people remember things like that, you play against guys who see that stuff, and they don't really know you at that point, you know, but then later on alone, they can speak and say, I remember playing against that guy. That's a testimony all by itself. So that's a blessing, man. I owe it all to God, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Hey, just, I wish you good luck Thank going you. forward, man. Many more Pro Bowls. Yes, sir. And um, I don't wish you guys to win any Super Bowls, because <laughs> if you're winning, that right. means that I'm, I'm not winning. <laughs> and and right. I'm 11 years in the league. I only, only have a couple more a couple more years. So Take a couple you, stabs out to get you one. You huh? got a few more years. So once yes, I leave, then I can say, okay, Leonard, go ahead and win you one. But well, you, we'll be praying about that. We'll say, Lord, yeah, bless him, God. Yeah, bless yes, him before yes, you sir. bless me, we'll, we'll, we'll see who pray the hardest about it and see, see who gets it first, okay? <laughs> you ain't right, man. You ain't right. No <laughs> doubt, brother. Hey, I appreciate you coming on, Leonard, man. Hey, thank you hey, for having me, man. Yes, sir. You have a good one, man. Hey, man, be blessed, bro. All right, thank yes, you. Sir. Hey, you listen to Sportsman Like Conduct. I'm your host, Dez Clark, doing it without Scudder and without Fresh. Man, just having a good time down here at the PNE event put on by Troop 21 down here in Miami. 78 degrees outside, beautiful day. If you wanted to be anywhere else, I don't see why. Man, uh, talk a little bit about the football game coming up. You got Indianapolis and you got the um, Saints coming up. I think it should be a good game. If you listen to our show Tuesday, you know, I predicted to be 31-23. My co-host Scudder had it similar. I think he had it 34-23. And then my other co-host, Paul Fresh Clark, he flip-flopped on us. 
within the whole program. First, he said 3128 Indianapolis, and then in the middle of the program, he said he got some important information from a confidential source, and he went back on his prediction and, and said the New Orleans Saints will win 31 to 28. So, hey, I think it's going to be a tightly contested game. But when you look at the game, I think what you really have to look at is that the best player on the field is number 18 for the Indianapolis Colts, Peyton Manning. And, I, and I, that's why I give Peyton Manning and the Colts the edge. Um, when, you look, when you look at the Colts and take Peyton Manning away from there, I think everybody would agree that you see a, a average team, but with Peyton Manning, they're a, a better than average team. Actually, they're the best team in the NFL, if you ask me. And then I'm also not pulling for the Colts, but wanting the Colts to win for, for one reason. My uh, college coach, Coach Caldwell, is now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, so I would like to see him win. Like I said, we're just having a bunch of fun down here at a PE event put on by Troop 21. Uh, getting a lot of business relationships going out here. Uh, something that I'm, I'm actually, I'll tell the story, um, Ryan. This is where I actually uh, found this program at. I was in here last year helping out my good friend, um, John St. Clair. And I was just coming over doing an event, um, doing the event, and they pulled me to the side and say, um, let's do an interview. So I said, okay, I, you know, I do an interview. Wasn't expecting very much. Came over and talked a little bit about football and a little bit about the event. And then, you know, got to talking a little bit further with Ray Ellis and some of the other guys here. And um, I told him that I wanted to do this once I got done. And he said, you could do a show with me. And I told him to quit playing. Because if, if he was playing with me, I didn't want to talk about it because this is something that I really want to do, something that I had a passion for. And I told him if if he's serious about it, let's do it. And three months later, you have Sports and Light Conduct that comes to you every Tuesday at 6 p.m. So join me, Fresh, and Scudder, the all, all-time all famous Scudder. The, I mean, you got you to gotta hear Scudder to, to understand what we're talking about. It's nothing that he's ever seen that he's not outdone. If somebody rushed for a thousand yards, if somebody rushed for a thousand yards in a game, Scudder rushed for a thousand and fifty. So you know, Scudder is 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 a guy that you guys all got to meet. Um, I think we're about to be joined by Kwame Lassiter. How you doing, Kwame? Yes, I'm doing good, man. How's yes, it going? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good to see you, man. Hey, good to be yes, seen, man. I appreciate your show, man. I, I enjoy it. Okay, okay. Yeah, man. I, I was just up here talking about my man Scudder. How he never, how he. If somebody rushed for a thousand yards in a game, right. he rushed for a thousand ten. <laughs> he, he always got to do one better. I always one it up. I one up somebody, man. I, I play with some guys like that, man. You tell him, look, I broke both my legs. He said, I broke all three of mine. I like <laughs> he got to do one better. But but Scott, <laughs> fifty years old, man, and he still claimed he could do it. He always on here talking about um. Yeah. Talking about if, if um, somebody go down, general manager's calling him. I'm like, Scott, if you don't shut up, man, yeah, no, nobody man. wants you. But, man, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm having a good time. I just got off I just got off talking about the uh, – I had Tim Brown on and uh, Seth Joyner, man. It was, it was good, man. Down in Miami, uh, waiting for the uh, New Orleans Saints to pull it off. Oh, you got New Orleans. I got New Orleans. You know what, man? Me and Lee Moore were talking. I got a couple. Like, Darren Sharp, he's from, he from Virginia. Right. You got uh, Bethay. He's over there. And the Colts, he's from Virginia. So, uh -huh. I play with Drew Brees. I try to weigh this thing. I try to make some sense out of it because anybody, anybody that go with, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at when Peyton Manning, how he's so surgical, man. He's like a, a, a head coach or a schemer. He's so schematic in everything he does. Um, and and um, he just 
what he does to a football game and what he, how he approached the game, I'm impressed with guys like that. So, but I'm gonna have to go with the Saints, man, because the, the Saints needed not just the Saints, but the city. The city needs it. And Drew yeah. Brees brought that along when he came to the but New Orleans. You know what? I think just because of those facts that you pointed out. This is going to make this a great Super Bowl. You have two explosive offensive teams, and then you have two dynamic defensive teams, two um, teams that really don't get a whole lot of credit for the defense. When you look at Indianapolis, I mean, they don't give up a lot of points. They may give up some yards, but they don't give up a lot of points. And then when you look at New Orleans, it's a team that creates a lot of turnovers. They they give up a lot of yards and a lot of points, but they put their offense in position to score a lot of those points. And they do. And, and this is where this what I became impressed with the New Orleans Saints, man. These guys should have lost like four or five games this year, but their offense, they had enough offensive power, and I think uh, Drew Brees orchestrated a great comeback in a lot of games. My I mean, had these guys down in the season. Mm-hmm. The Patriots had them down, uh, but they was able to come back and pull these off and, and with the weaponry he has over there and, and everybody coming together at the right time of the year. It's not so much that when teams win the Super Bowl that it's just they have these uh, outstanding players. I tell you, it's, it's more so when the guys are healthier at this time of year. Uh, now, outstanding player does help. It helps out a lot, but the team is more healthier than the other team, and they, they're able to go out there and put their best players on the field at, at that time. Now, tell me this, and, and I'll let you go. I want to take up too okay. much of your time. When when this New Orleans team was losing those three games at the end of the season, mm-hmm. did you think they could make it here? Because I was one of those guys that said, New Orleans not ready. Right. They, when they come in and let a team like Tampa beat them, right. yeah, I was like, okay, this is New Orleans team that, that did pretty good all the way through the regular season, but they're not ready to take that next step. But then when they went out and beat Minnesota, you know, uh, not even Minnesota, when they went out and beat um, – they, they, they played the Cardinals, too. They, yeah, beat they the played Cardinals. your old team. Yeah, they yeah. were down there beating the Cardinals. I think they solidified what Kurt Warner was thinking anyway with them hits. They was beating Kurt Warner up, man. That defense was going around. But I, to answer your question, I thought they uh, – I like to go into some situation with some type of momentum, and then they losing that game. Now, I'm not in that locker room with them. I'm not with this guy, the head coach. They have a plan. And they had playing in place. The same thing that Indianapolis Colts did uh, when everybody wanted them to have a perfect season. It's kind of hard when you, you you can able to rest those players and, and your main goal is to get to the Super Bowl. And both of these teams did that. But losing to Tampa is not bad because they play Tampa twice a year. So right. that's like um, Kansas playing Kansas State. Even right. Kansas State, the worst team in the conference, KU, it's going to be a tough game. Mm-hmm. So uh, I wasn't surprised about that. But I do like to see them go into more, uh, a better momentum uh, game going into the playoffs. Uh, and, these, and they set these guys off for two games. I think they lost to Buffalo. Yes. They lost to Buffalo, Tampa. T- two teams that they shouldn't lose to, even even if you're trying to wear a few guys. That's, that's what you would think. Right. But these guys, are they are where they are. Um, uh, with their uh, goals, probably their team goals. They are in the right place. They're playing for a Super Bowl against uh, probably the best team in the AFC. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, Kwame, man. Um, go out and keep doing your thing. We had the PNE a bit. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for Put having on me. By Troop 21, and we've joined by the one of the greatest return men in NFL history, if not the greatest return man in NFL history, Mr. Brian Mitchell. How you doing? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Now, Brian, I, I hear you on the radio a lot, and, and, <laughs> and this year you was real critical about your Washington Redskins. You have Mike Shanahan up there right now. What What is the, the future going to hold for this Washington team, and what is the outlook for him? Well, you hope that Mike Shanahan comes in and uh, perform as he's done it with Denver Broncos, and uh, uh, the problem with the Washington Redskins has been the offensive line and the defensive line up until last year. If they could, if they could correct the offensive line situation, I think the team could be right back into the thick of things. But you know, for some reason, Dan Snyder and Vinny Serrato has thought that 
they can keep adding specialty players, you mm -hmm. know, running backs and wide receivers and get something going. Well, if the quarterback is on his butt, he can't throw the ball to an open man. And I think that's what they need to do. Everyone is talking about Bradford. I think if they don't go with Ocon from Oklahoma State, this team is writing the same thing that they've been in. Right. Like you say, the quarterback has been getting a, a lot of criticism up there for the last three years. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. Yeah. Um, he had more turnovers this year than he had last year, and he, he took care of the ball last year. Do you, do you think that Jason Campbell can be that, the quarterback for the next six or seven, eight, nine years there? I think he can. Now, you look at last year, he threw 15 interceptions. He threw 20 touchdowns. But I know for sure six of those interceptions hit the guy's hand, went through his hand, and, and the defensive back gets it. When a receiver misses a ball and they pick it off, it's blame on the quarterback. If the receiver put nope. two hands on the ball, he better catch nope. the damn ball. And, and no one remembers that at the end of the year when, that, when, it, when you have uh, 20, 20 touchdowns that, and, and 12 it. interceptions. You know, and he passed for 3,600 yards. He passed for 50, uh, 20 touchdowns with an offensive line that had a left tackle who had been out the game for two years. Right. He had a right guard who was a fifth guard. And Mike Williams, who lost 120 pounds, that's a whole person. Wow. Many guys' girlfriends weigh 120, don't they? So he lost a whole person <laughs> to get on the football field, and he was playing a position that he never played. Then your right tackle, you know, the, the right tackle, they had different guys coming in and out. So you, and it was also a backup guy, a center that was playing guard. So he played behind a makeshift line. He passed for 3,600 yards. I, it, I didn't even know that he passed for yeah. that many yards because you wouldn't know it because all the criticism. All he did was criticize right. because people don't look at – in Washington – if you are a quarterback and you're the starting quarterback, you are the most unlike person in the city. The second string quarterback is the most popular guy in D.C. I think, I think that's in, in, every, in every football city unless your yeah. team is winning. But Jason has been a very, uh, I think, a good quarterback under the circumstances for him. If they can get him an O-line, and then Clinton Porter, you got your starting running back, a, a perennial pro bowler who doesn't play. He had 400 yards rushing this year. He had a mm -hmm. concussion in week eight, and he didn't play anymore that year. When you have those things going on, it's very hard for a team to score. But the defense, a team that gave up a lot of yards, but they didn't give up a lot of points. Right. And they keep saying, well, we gave only 300 yards this game. Well, I watched the Atlanta game. All Atlanta had to do was get 300 yards to get all the touchdowns that they got. When you end drives with touchdowns, that's not really stopping the team. And you know, you know what? One, one thing that I, I don't necessarily agree with um, that most coaches go by is the yards thing. Offense, offense or defense. I, I really don't care about the yards. Yeah. You, you either putting points up on the board or you keeping the team from putting points up on the board. And I think that's the, the statistic that you have to go by. And um, the, the yard things is, is irrelevant. But that defense is, I think, they're in the transition, trying to get a little bit younger. You had a um, good draft pick there in the first round that actually made Ryan it. Ryan a beast. Yes. Um, He's a beast. Going forward, how, how do you um, think this defense is going to fare um, the next, you know, couple years down the line? I think this defense, if they can add another uh, defensive end, a legitimate defensive end, uh, and let Brian Arakwell play DN. Let him rush the passer. You know, the guy had 11 sacks last year, and they had him backing up trying to be a, a cover linebacker. He's uh -huh. not that. Let him rush the passer, and if they could get them another legitimate linebacker. You know, right now that's their issue. And uh, when we look at the uh, secondary, uh, I think that the Redskins have a problem. They want to move guys and make them the position they want them to play. Le'Ron Landry. Le'Ron Landry is a, is a strong safety. Right. You put a strong safety with an aggressive safety. personality at free safety, he bites on everything. He's going to give up some plays. He is the – listen to me. I never saw a safety break on so many double moves in my life. So he wants to hit people. And put him down. Put anybody back there. Put him – 
put one of those big uh, Gonzo uh, hats on them like Mark Kelso had back in the day. Right. And say, stay 27 yards deep. Don't let anybody get And, and we have uh, Reggie, Reggie uh, Howard sitting in on the conversation. Reggie, you, you're a former defensive back. Um, tell, tell us about the psyche of a guy who has the mentality to go and hit somebody playing free safety. I mean, it's a different situation, you know, as he's talking about, he's aggressive. He wants to come up, make great hits, you know, want to make big impact plays. But a lot of times that aggression, teams start to um, uh, basically break that down in tape and start to watch you and see how aggressive you are on the first moves, and that's when they start to do the double moves. And, and, you know, that's what the offense is always trying to find out. Who can we go at in this defensive backfield? Who can we set up with this play action? Or who can we set up with a double double move? And that's who they attack. And I don't want to take up too much of the time. I know you're here working and everything, but I got to ask you this question, and I know you probably get, get it a lot. I'm from, I play with the Chicago Bears. Is Devin Hester the best return man to ever do it in the two, two to three years that he did it? Well, I got to get him a little, a little more years. Hell yeah, he's good. <laughs> you know, I, I was so thrilled watching Devin Hester. And that's one thing about me. You know, I was a quarterback for nine years. I never returned in my lifetime got into the pros. So I was on the job training. And when I got here and did my thing, Devin Hester came along. And I mean, the guy, a person like me who is so upset that they don't give the return game as much respect as they should. Watching him do the things he did was great because it brought respect to this uh, game. But if Devin Hester is not on that team, you all are not in the Super Bowl. No, no. You know, I mean, this dude broke games wide open. I had 14 total in my career. He had, what, six in one damn year. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. He's like two behind right now. And I'm like, I mean, it, you know, I'm about to come out of retirement so I can get every me a time couple somebody punted, Every time somebody punted the ball or kicked the ball to him, everybody's standing up on the sideline because you, you're thinking he's going to break it. And, I mean, that was exciting to watch that for those when, couple years. When you have that on your team, your offense and defense may be equal to the offense and defense of the other team. But when you have somebody with that breakaway ability, that type of speed, you have the advantage. Because let's say a defense goes out and, and they shut down. I mean, your defense goes out and shut down their team or whatever. Now they're time for them to punt. They punt it to your guy. He scores a touchdown. That's a dagger. I mean, that hurts more than anything in the world. And Devin is that guy. And, you know, he's a great one. You yeah, know, and yes, I think right now, the fact that he's a every down receiver, that takes away the psyche of being a return man. You have to be that freewheeling, crazy guy. But when you get paid the money that they're paying him to be a receiver, it's hard to be that aggressive. And I think Chicago, in a way, but if you watch them, whoever they put on kickoff return, they score. <laughs> we, we, we actually had another rookie in, in the um, Pro Bowl this year. Yeah, you know, Johnny Knox. Why the hell y'all find all these fast people? And, but, and can the Redskins people, get one listen, of them? People forget about Danielle Manning. He, he led them last year. Um, we led the NFL last year. Can we time. get one? You know, I love Randall, no, but uh, gonna, he's done. We, we, we gonna he keep can't him. do it no more. We're going to keep him up there in Chicago. I appreciate you coming on, bro. All right, baby. Take yes, care. Yes, sir. All right, bro. Hey, Reggie, talking a little bit about your former team, mm -hmm. the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jack Del Rio is flirting with USC this year. Where do you see this team going in, in the next couple of years? They, they, they kind of rebounded this year, but they didn't quite make it over the hump. Do you think they'll make it over the hump next year? Yeah, I think um, Jacksonville just needs a new start. They have a great running back, and um, and, and my guy that's uh, Maurice Jones-Drew, the things he's able to do and the special player that he is. And then you have Dave Garrard that's a very solid quarterback. He brought in some receivers. I think they probably need to get a, uh, some more speed on the receiver end and bring in some more youth talent. And then defensively, they have a solid defensive line, uh, good, good 
good, good linebackers and a solid secondary. So I think they're one of those teams that definitely are right there. And with a, few, with a few key ingredients, they can be one of the top teams. Hey, I appreciate you coming on. I think my time is up down here at the PNE event put on by Troop 21 Networking Event. You listen to Sportsman Like Conduct. I'm your host, Dez Clark Reggie. I thank you for coming on. I thank all the rest of my guests for dropping by, making this show what it is. Uh, no callers today. Couldn't get the callers in, but you know, on Tuesday at 6, 6 p.m., we'll be back on along with Fresh and your boy Scudder. So we look forward to that, and I'll see y'all Tuesday. is everywhere. Tens of thousands are feared dead and hundreds of thousands are homeless without food, water, and basic necessities. Save the Children is on the scene, but your support is urgently needed to help us save lives. Please give as much as you can now. Call 1-800-SAVE-THE-CHILDREN or go online at savethechildren.org. You can even donate $10 right now by texting the word SAVE from your cell phone to 20222. Please give now. Raker Ring Tool. The Raker Ring Tool is a key ring emergency tool for cutting your seatbelt, opening a small bottle of oxygen, a pry bar, and has a screwdriver flat tip. Other uses include cutting various strings and threads, parachute cord, braided fishing line, and toe strap. The Raker Ring Tool can also be used as a gut hook for skinning game and slitting clothing for access to broken bones or other wounds. So be sure to visit us at www.rakerknives.com or give us a call at 918-456-1519. Are you ready to talk football with the greatest wide receiver player and coach in NFL history? Tune in to Wide Open with Andre Rison. Andre is ready to talk to you and give his thoughts on the sport. There'll be celebrity guests, coaches, players, artists, and more. He'll go beyond the game with a look from the coach's point of view and feature a high school player each week. Tune in to Wide Open with host Andre Rison. Featured Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Good afternoon. Are you ready for double time with Double D? Go behind the scenes of the NFL and the game with Dave Dewerson. We want to hear your words, too. Don't be afraid to speak up. Now, here's your host, Dave Dewerson, Double D. Good afternoon. Welcome to Double Time with Double D. I'm your host, Dave Dewerson. And we are here at the James L. Knight Center in Miami, Florida. It's a beautiful high regency. And uh, I know that uh, you've heard from Des Clark, um, fellow uh, colleague in Chicago Bear. And um, in fact, he's going to continue in, uh, in the conversation with me here in just a few minutes. But um, uh, what an incredible event. I just got here. Traffic was crazy. 
uh, but there's got to be some 500, maybe 600, maybe even 1,000 people here uh, for this event. Uh, networking, you got professional athletes, both uh, current and former from all over the place. And um, I'm going to give be on air with you for about 20 minutes or so, or up until the point when uh, I'm grabbed by uh, the host of the event, uh, Guy Troop, uh, because I'm going to be keynote speaking somewhere here uh, within the next uh, 30 to 35 minutes. But uh, Des, man, great to see you. And um, you know, we can talk about uh, the fact that it was just some three years ago you were down here and had your own Super Bowl experience. And um, you know that's a, a great discussion for us to begin with. You know, in terms of of the, the two teams that are here uh, this year, you've got the Colts and we've got the Saints. And um, you know, one team, of course, who's never been to a Super Bowl, that being New Orleans, the Colts now um, with Peyton Manning. You know, having now their second experience. Um, for myself, you know, uh, having played in two, the one thing that I knew for certain, and, and particularly with the, the various years when I was in Chicago, that each year uh, we played in the playoffs, we came to understand what playoff speed was all about. And that was kind of the X factor. So it was expected that the experienced team then would have the edge mm -hmm. in going to the Super Bowl. And so I'm just wondering if, uh, if your feeling, if that's your sentiment in regards to the coach this year, or with the X factor being that, that uh, special play of Hurricane Katrina and uh, the way that the, the Saints have galvanized around that team, or where the team has galvanized around that city in that and vice versa. That they had. Yes, yeah, sir. That, uh, you know, what are your thoughts in regards well, to how this thing lays out? I think, first and foremost, Indianapolis has, has the best player on the planet. Yes. So with, with him, I, I definitely give them the edge. But you have to look at what New Orleans is bringing to Miami. They're bringing a long history of, you know, frustration uh, with the Hurricane Katrina. They're bringing all of that energy with them. They're bringing that whole city with them. Everybody that's in New Orleans, this New Orleans Saints team will be able to feel all of that energy and stuff coming away from New Orleans. And I believe that early on, it might be a game that New Orleans might take over early. Yes. But what, what I said is Indianapolis has the best player. Yeah. And, and what this guy what this guy is able to do, he's able to download all that that you're going to bring. Right. And then what he does is upload a program into his head to come back and beat you, upload that game plan. So ultimately, I, I like that Indianapolis team to win, win the ball game. Well, as you said about the Saints taking over uh, the game early, you know, it was such the same just some two weeks ago with the Jets. Exactly. taking uh, the game over early against the uh, the Indianapolis Colts. But as you said, uh, it is a special team, and Peyton Manning and those guys. And, but the Tony Dungy effect, you can see it still just completely stamped on that football team. They're calm. Mm -hmm. The way that they, they go about their business and um, and and the way that they, that they simply play for 60 minutes, that nothing seems to rattle those guys. And that, that is definitely, uh, that's definitely a special group in that regard. But down here in Miami, you know, um, I was, um, uh, of course, did my show on, on Thursday. Of course, I come on right after you, man, which is pretty awesome, too. Okay, okay. You know, you're on that. Uh, Tuesday uh, at 6. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. East, at, 6 Eastern. Right, exactly. And, uh, and my show follows yours. But the interesting thing that I, I commented on is that as far as I'm concerned, New Orleans is the only place where a Super Bowl should be played. Yes. And I live down here in, in South Florida. I live up in, in Sunny Isles Beach, all of some 20 minutes north of here. And there's no Super Bowl hype whatsoever. It's as though, you know, there's not even a, a game going on this weekend. And so, you know, there's only in pockets of the city 
South Beach and right here, uh, in, you know, in the heart of Brickell Avenue, that you that you can even see that a Super Bowl is being prepared to be played. Well, you know, well, we're one well, day away. Well, like you said, New Orleans. Who who part is better than New Orleans? Nobody. And and when you're talking about a Super Bowl, you want the atmosphere. You want everybody happy. You want everybody chipping. You want everybody getting ready all week for that one game. Right. And in New Orleans, that's what you get. They they party like none other. And then with with um, how Mardi Gras falls right after the Super Bowl time, I mean the party is just going to continue for not only the Super Bowl week but for the whole week. And then, you know, playing down there in, in, um, in New Orleans, you, you can't pick a better city to go to for the for the outside world to come into and um, enjoy a city. Because, like you say, Miami is, is a great city. But it's, it's like, and, and this is nothing against New Orleans, it's just so much to do here that, you know, the Super Bowl, yes, yeah, it's a big event, but still, it's, it's other things going on. Yep. In New Orleans, it's always going to be a party, and the Super Bowl is just something that's going to add on to the party. So I agree with you. New Orleans is probably the best place to play a Super Bowl at. Yeah, why they continue to move it around, it, it beats me. But, um, you know, it was kind of interesting, too, with the Pro Bowl being played here last week as opposed and for the first time as opposed to uh, the Pro Bowl following being the week after the Super Bowl and of course being played in Hawaii now of course next year they're going back to Hawaii but the discussion has not been um, it's still being had as to whether the Pro Bowl uh, game will be played the week before or the week after and uh, just wondering your thoughts on on that as well and uh, and also want to talk about the, the Pro Bowl players uh, that are, are part of your football team, the Bears. Well, we and, only uh, had one this year. Well, yeah, but uh, and, and Lance Briggs is a perennial. There's no doubt about yes. it. Um, but uh, you know, you guys have, have had a, a lot of change, and I just understand that uh, your uh, defensive line coach was elevated to D coordinator. Was he? I, I didn't, and, I didn't uh, even know that. Uh, well, that yeah, uh, Marinelli. Breaking, breaking news. Yeah. Well, hello. All right. Well, <laughs> breaking some news to you, man. That your D, your D line coach is now. Uh, the defensive coordinator, and uh, but of course, you know, for you, Mike Marks. And so, you know, I, I would love to get your thoughts as it pertains to that because, you know, over the course of your career, how many different offensive coordinators have you had? Well, um, I, I, had, I had what? I had Shoot when I first got there. Yes. I had Terry Shea. Right. And then for the last five years, I've had Ron Turner. But going back to uh, your first question about the Pro Bowl being played before the Super Bowl, you know, it, it's pros and cons to that. Mm -hmm. And obviously the cons are that the, the guys that's participating in the Super Bowl, they can't play in the Pro Bowl. And I, I didn't think it was fair to ask those guys to have to come down here and participate in those events. You know, if the NFL wants to do the Pro Bowl before the Super Bowl, don't bother the guys that's in the Super Bowl. Right. You know, let those guys prepare. Don't don't take them out of the element. Don't take them away from their team. And, you know, I've seen the interviews during the Pro Bowl with Peyton Manning and, um, and um, Drew Brees, and I'm thinking to myself, do they really want to be on on that on that um, set doing the interview right now? They'd rather be back with their team. So, um, but you know, playing it down here before before the um, Super Bowl, they sold it out. Yeah. So that that was that was, that was one of the things that was good about it. And then the guys got to bring their families, which you know you can't take your whole family over to Hawaii because it's more expensive. So it, it's pros and cons to it. You just got to weigh that out. And you know, it, I don't think you go wrong any any way that you go. But as far as the Chicago Bears, it has 
has been a lot of change. Last mm -hmm. year we rolled over a lot of coaches on that defensive side of the ball. This year we rolled over a lot of a lot of coaches on the offensive side of the ball. And with Mike Marks coming in, you know, it's exciting because you know everybody expects that high flying offense. Um, so I haven't had a chance to talk to to the guys yet. Mike Tice been the new offensive line coach. Um, DeBoer being the new uh, tight ends coach. We got a lot of Mikes. Yeah. Mike DeBoer, Mike Tice, and Mike Marks. So we got Mike, Mike, and Mike right. um, that we hired this year. So right. it, it, it's going to be exciting up there. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I, I know Mike Tice. And, um, of course, he played the game. And um, and he's going to give uh, you guys a little bit of an edge. You know, when I say that, um, when we struck for free agency back in 1987, the uh, one of the original uh, plaintiffs in the lawsuit, which, which for all the various class actions, was Mike Tice, okay. who sued uh, the NFL for preseason pay. But then he moved uh, into the coaching world, so he had to uh, uh, to uh, relinquish his name from the lawsuit. So then I took his place and sued the Bears for preseason pay as, as a function of the overall class action lawsuit. So what I'm telling you about Mike Tice is that he's a guy who gets it. He understands it. So uh, you're fortunate uh, to have a guy like Mike Tice on your staff. Now, I'm fortunate to have you guys that, that went through that type of stuff and, and stuck your neck out there so, you know, the guys that came after you could benefit from, you know, you guys taking a chance. Because going into that, you didn't know if you was going to have a job next year or the next well, week or not, but, you know, you took that chance. Right. And we appreciate that as, as um, current players and players that are former players that came after you that benefited from that. Well, speaking of, of not knowing whether I was going to have a job, after my fifth All-Pro year was when the, the lawsuit actually came to, to uh, fruition. And uh, I was fired. Fired by the Bears really? right after my fifth All-Pro year, man. And uh, ended up in New York with the Giants, but it just shows you how the good Lord works. Six months later, I was a world champion again. So, I, yes, sir, <laughs> yes, sir. So you, you couldn't have had a better move than that. That's one. right. It, it couldn't have gone any better. Yeah. Um, but you know, how's your health, Des? You know, because you've been in the league now for a number of years. Eleven years. Eleven now. years, and and uh, in fact, that was the exact uh, number of years I got in before I decided to give it up. But how are you feeling physically, and um, and uh, how many more years are you looking forward to playing? Physically, I'm feeling real good right now. This this past year is probably the most difficult year that I ever had physically starting with the first game against Green Bay took a shot broke my ribs broke my back had a right. had a kidney injury from all of that um, and then coming midway midway throughout the season uh, getting the, having a sprained neck yes you know so that was that was real frustrating and anytime you're losing those injuries just seem yeah. to, to them hurt. Out. they seem to hurt a little bit yeah. more and, and you know so getting over all that but you know now you know a month after not playing I'm feeling good I'm healing up and you know in another month or so I'll, I'll be ready to go and, and get back up to Chicago and get back to training and everything get into that big offensive playbook that Mike Moore is supposed to have and, and learn that thing and get ready to go again very good very good well here we are we're at the uh, Pro Player Networking event put on by Guy Troop. I believe this is the 10th year for this event, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I know that uh, they're going to be pulling me in a few minutes because uh, I, I heard the music sort of fade. Uh, it started to get a little bit quieter in here, and I'm going to have to go up and, and uh, speak. But um, you know, there are, are people from all over the place. You've got current players. You've got uh, uh, retired guys. You've got a, a number of different uh, corporations that are here. Wells Fargo uh, Bank is sitting right across from us, Bank America. Um, so, you know, this is absolutely the place to be right now. Uh, if uh, in our listening audience, if and they are in the Miami area, we're here till six o'clock, and this is definitely the place they want to be. You know what's interesting about this? Also, it's not just outside businesses that's here. You have a lot of players with their business here. That's right. I know um, St. Clair, John St. Clair, who, who was my teammate with Chicago. 
Chicago now play in Cleveland. His wife has a booth over there. Some of the NFL wives have a booth. Mm -hmm. um, so um, uh, the McDougals have their locker to locker program that is started. So you have a lot of um, NFL players with their businesses trying to get them off the ground. Or not some of them off the ground. They're just trying to expand them a little bit further. So right. that's a unique part about this event. And, and it's you know it's really special too, as you mentioned, the McDougals, Stockard, and Octavia, uh, and their program locker to locker. Um, in my company, uh, what I do, I consult. Uh, to startups and to mature companies with stagnant growth. And so for the last year, maybe a year and a half, I have actually consulted to the McDougals in helping them to get uh, their Locker to Locker program well, launched. Well, I, I, I and, need to uh, talk to you too then. I got a couple couple um, companies <laughs> that I need to start picking up some contracts and that type of stuff also. Yeah, well, I, you know what? I tell you what, um, the, the bottom line is, and for the, the, the people that I see here, uh, I, it excites me to see uh, particularly the guys who are playing, who are still playing in the league, who are taking steps to uh, prepare themselves for that transition, and why not? You know, because when I think back uh, to my playing days, um, when I was drafted by the Bears, in my first rookie meeting, Mike McCaskey, the owner, comes in and he tells us, he says, "Guys, this is a good, this is as good as it gets." And I looked at him like he was nuts, you know, not not concerned about the fact that yeah, I'm making some real nice money, and I hope that I'm gonna play for a number of years in the NFL and maybe be All Pro and all those good things, but. I've not made, I've not hit my stride yet. You know, this is simply a springboard for me. Right. And and that's the way I looked at it from day one. And uh, sure enough, you know, um, I was blessed uh, to have had far more success uh, outside of my NFL career than I did while playing. Um, but certainly, you know, again, I think I got about everything you can get out of the NFL, out of the game. But I use it as an absolute stepping stone. And right. the one thing that we each as athletes have as an advantage that the, the average uh, businessman or woman does not have is a full understanding of what total sacrifice means. Yes. And yes. if, in fact, uh, these guys can make can can um, transfer that that same energy from the playing field to the business field, every single one of those individuals, and and that most certainly includes you, Des. And I'm I'm going to make certain. Uh, that would get you on the right track, but I'm, but I bet you're already there. When I when I see what you I'm, got going, I'm, try, I'm trying to get there. I bet you're there. I'm, I'm trying to get there. That's the main thing is that is that you're focused and that you transfer those energies from the playing field to the business field with the exact same attitude and mindset that whatever it takes from a sacrifice uh, point of view well, that you'd be prepared to do. Well, so. one thing that you said, you know, playing football is not the end of the journey. Playing football is is part of the journey. You know, you. You play football for a short period of time in your life. That's right. And, and for some guys, you know, that that's the end of the journey for them. And, and I'm one of those guys that, just like you, I'm trying to use that so when I'm done playing here in another, you know, one, two, three good years, if the good Lord is, is going to bless me to play that long, that I could use the NFL and not let the NFL use me to get to where I'm trying to where I'm trying to end up at. And where I'm trying to end up at, man, I'm, I'm trying to leave a legacy for my kids. I'm trying to make it so what I do could take care of the grandkids and the great and the great grandkids. So, you know, this this is not the, the end of the journey for me. This is part of the journey. Yeah. That's how I look that's how I look at it. Absolutely, without question. And um, you know, again, just in terms of the uh, the types of businesses that are here, um, of course, Voice America, we're here in a big way. You know, we've got a major booth set up. We're right in, I mean, we've got like prime real estate inside this uh, inside this uh, facility. And, um, you know, again, we've got a number of professional athletes that are just standing around us uh, in our immediate area, uh, networking, of course, uh, getting caught up on some brotherhood and all those sorts of things. But uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have joining us at this very moment 
young man who's uh, finding his way into the National Football League, Mr. Felix Jones, running back, second-year man with the Dallas Cowboys. Felix, glad to have you with us, along with Des Clark. Thanks for having me, man. Glad Great to have you. How are things going? They're going good. You know, I'm out here networking and uh, getting meet new people and, you know, enjoying myself. Very good, very good. And, um, now, of course, you've entered a two-year offseason. Um, are you entering it uh, healthy in terms of, of your body and, uh, you know, in terms of, of with this networking that you're doing here? What, do you, what, what takeaway are you looking for? That's the main thing. Well, you know, just um – Answer your question. Yeah, I am healthy. Good. You know, this off season, and I'm, you know, I'm looking to take away, you know, you know the, the, the relationships I can build with these, you know, these different companies, and um, you know, try to take it there, and, 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 and in the future, maybe we could do more things and, and make it bigger than what it is. Very good. Well, for our listening audience, give uh, them a sense as to who Felix Jones really is. Give us uh, your background in terms of where you went to school, what you aspire to do in terms of uh, after your playing career is over, and uh, and for that matter. The, the various things that you're involving yourself with now uh, off the field, but as a player? Well, I was uh, born and raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, attended uh, University of Arkansas. All right. And, um, you know, uh, I've just been trying to, you know, get my business off the ground, you know, as far as when I, my, my football career is uh, over. I have a business, uh, marketing business. I, you know, I do, you know, different things as far as autograph sessions, uh, appearances. I even, you know, go out and speak, you know, do uh, speaking appearances. And, uh, you know, there's something I've been trying to do and trying to, you know, feel my way through it. And I have my business partner here, Demario Solomon Simmons. He's here to guide my way and, you okay. know, help me out. Very good. Very good. Well, um, we're excited to have you join us. And um, in terms of the uh, the Cowboys and your, your success this year, obviously, um, you know, with uh, uh, the play of your, of your quarterback, Tony Romo, and, and uh, the, the major push that you guys had through the playoffs, uh, certainly, uh, I know that disappointment, that disappointing feeling um, of, uh, of not hitting your mark. But at the same time, you being a second-year player, um, you know, give us some sense as to um, what the transition has been like for you from the college game to the pro game, and more importantly, from your rookie year to your second year. What, what have you seen, uh, and uh, from a maturity level, what has been the greatest stride for you? Well, as far as the transition from college to the pros, you know, it's, it's a big difference. Uh, you know, longer schedules, you know, a lot longer days. Um, and uh, as far as, you know, being in meetings and, you know, practice times and things like that. And uh, it's, it, it's been tough, but, you know, I've been feeling my way through, you know, asking questions with the veterans, you know, and they, you know, kind of give me different ways that I, you know, they did it, you know, and, and kind of give me advice on how I should do it. So, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's been a, a pretty tough transition, you know, from college sure. to the pros, but, you know, Going into my second, my third year, you know, I've, what I learned my, you know, second year, I just, you know, just trying to take care of my body, learn different ways I could do that. You know, I've been, I had a little, you know, injury, you know, time, you know, between last year and this year, and uh, you know, just figuring out things, I can, ways I can keep myself healthy, yeah. stand on the field, you know, and, and like I said, asking questions to the veterans and uh, retired NFL players who have been through it, and um, you know, they gave me a lot of good advice and you know I've just been taking that and running with it. Very good. Now I had a chance to meet
meet you last night, Felix. And um, after I met you, I, I went and did some investigating. And talked to a few guys that knew you, man. They said that you're a real good guy, very down to earth. And when I met you, I kind of sensed that from you, man. So it's, it's good coming to this league, you know, with a guy that's willing to, to learn and, and act the veterans and, and trying to get better, man. And I, I see in your game, man, it, it's just exciting. I was actually pulling for y'all to go to the, go to the Super Bowl um, after we didn't make it, of course. But, uh, man, I, I like watching you. I, I like seeing what you do out there on the field. Just what can we expect from you here in the next couple of years? Man, I know y'all got that three-headed running back system out there. So what can we expect from, from, from Felix Jones here in the next couple of years on and off the field? Well, I, I know you can expect me to get better, you know. Um, I don't plan on, you know, just staying in one spot, you know, on and off the field. Uh, I plan on, you know, working harder. Hopefully we can get further than we did this past year in the playoffs and, um, you know, continue to get better. That's, you know, with football and with my business, you know, out here networking, trying to find different ways I can, you know, continue to grow as a business businessman and, 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 you know, and trying to find my way through and, and trying to, you know, build myself up. Yes, sir. I, and I had to take a break for a minute. I don't know if you already asked me the question. What business um, do, are, um, are you involved in? I'm involved in a, a marketing business. You know, I'm, I, I'm marketing myself where I can go out, you know, either have myself available to do appearances, you know, autograph sessions and things of that, uh, that nature and, you know, um, go out and speak, speaking engagement and, 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 you know, just trying to put myself out there before I can be, you know, involved in my community as well. So Right. Yeah. And that's like something that me and Dave was talking to, talking about um, a little earlier, and I know you have something to say. Go ahead. Well, yeah, Desmond, this is Demario Solomon Simmons, Felix's business manager. I want to talk about the business things we have going in the community, particularly in Oklahoma. We have a huge charity event coming up May 29th and 30th where we bring in kids doing a free football camp. We also have a partnership with the city of Tulsa and the state of Oklahoma and the governorship to really, really just empower kids. You know, what we we try to do with all our clients is make sure they have maximizing their time, talent, and opportunities so they can leave a legacy on and off the field. Felix is a great player. We believe he's going to be one of the best running backs in the NFL next year. He's going to handle that and off the field. We're going to make sure that he leaves his mark in the community as someone who cares about youth and is going to empower and inspire them to be successful in life. And it does not include, doesn't mean just football, right. athletics. Successful in life, they can be a teacher, a doctor, a lawyer like I am if they work hard, get the proper support, and understand the now, now, what's the name of the company uh, that you um, that you're involved with that's, that manages Felix? Solomon Simmons, Chirac and Associates, a law firm in Oklahoma, and we—that's the reason we want Felix to be at this networking event because as a young guy, as a very good player early in his career, we want him now to think about transition and relationships. So, at the end of his career, when he wants to transition, it's not as hard. We want to be like Dave here. We want—he's a role model for all these athletes of how they can utilize. That's a lot of pressure, land. my brother. Hey, hey, we we, we want to be a distributorship for McDonald's right, too or something right. like that. I mean, it's really big for my client to be able to talk to this this individual and get some mentorship, talk to you and get some mentorship. And if we can get more of these guys, then this this league will be better off because we don't want to be part of that 80% that's broken to you. That, I'm very impressed with the fact that um, that you and your firm took it upon yourselves to, uh, to influence Felix to be here and that you would uh, hopefully in the future too bring your other clients. That is outstanding. And Felix, I will tell you that uh, already that puts you 95% ahead of the game for um, than uh, the majority of the other guys who are playing uh, in this game right now. The mere fact that your representation is that serious because this truly is the place where you should be right now. Uh, networking, but at the same time, make sure that you take advantage of some mentorship. And right there in Dallas, one of my dear friends, Emerson Walls, 
is a man that you should certainly reach out to and be in touch with. Um, because when you talk about, about those daily guidances and what have you, that's a guy who can make certain that you are meeting some of the right folks and that uh, and that you're taking some of those some of those uh, steps along the way. You know, what would you say this? The, the most important part about being in business is business relationships. Mm -hmm. And the most important part about business relationships is the relationship. And, and obviously, y'all have a pretty good relationship. Absolutely. And that's something that we, we spoke about at the AAG event yesterday is about building relationships, getting to know people, um, coming out of these type of events, and, you know, talking to guys like Dave, because, Dave, I'm quite sure for you to get where you, where you at right now, you had to meet a lot of folks, right. sift, sift through some folks and, and, and build relationships, and somebody somewhere along the line told you the right things, gave you the, the right key to the right door, and then you just took off with it. Well, here, in fact, you're right. You're absolutely right. Now I was going to give Felix the key, and here it is, and, and otherwise I'd, I'd end up charging you about $7,500 <laughs> an hour for what I'm about to give you. <laughs> well, we'll take it. I need to hear this, too. I'm giving, we'll it, I'm giving it. it to you free, we'll and, that, and this it. is to everybody else who's out there in our listening audience. If someone asks you what it is that you want to do in life, tell them. Absolutely. What I mean by that is don't dance around it. If, in fact, you want to be president of the United States, or, or better yet, you, or, or you, know, you want to be a CEO of a major corporation, then tell them that. You know, don't say that, well, you want to uh, be a CEO of a small company and, you know, do this and do that. If, in fact, it's your goal to run corporate America or to run Wall Street, tell them. Absolutely. And because exactly what will happen is, as Des pointed out, um, as I was finishing my career in Phoenix with the Cardinals, I went through McDonald's training program, and the vice chairman of McDonald's asked me, why would I want to get into franchising? And I told him very quickly, um, it was, it's not my intent to be a franchisee long term. And that as a kid, all I ever wanted to do was own my own manufacturing business. Never planned on playing professionally and was going to use uh, and use the NFL to springboard to owning my own tool and die or whatever that was going to be, but to own my own manufacturing concern. It wasn't six months after I finished the McDonald's training program and opened some franchises that a supply opportunity came up. And the chairman, the vice chairman, in the back of his mind, recalled a conversation we had where I told him that it is my intent to be on the manufacturing side. And I got a phone call. And that's what made the difference for me. So we've got to go to a break. And uh, I know I'm going to be um, heading to speak here in a few minutes. But uh, stick around with us, Felix. Don't go anywhere. Uh, I'm sorry, your first name again? Demario. Demario, don't go anywhere. Des, you got time to stick with us? Yes, sir. Of All right. And uh, you can hear that, that jamming music in the background. This is Double Time with Double D. We'll be right back. Stay with us. flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. How many of us haven't felt ripped off at one time or another? Don't you wish you had some place to tune in for the answers? Join Jennifer Litwin every week on The Shop Cop. She'll take the time to explain real value and keep you away from the fraud that's out there in the shopping world. Jennifer has become the shopper's advocate, which means she can get you on the right track. Her guests are a who's who in the retail world. Don't get caught making a mistake in this down economy. Jennifer Litwin is here to help. The Shop Cop, live Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Are you ready for a fresh, candid, and entertaining look at sports? It's time for a radio show that doesn't tackle sports like everyone else. Join former NFL player Nick Murphy for Murphy's Law. Hear it directly from your favorite pro and collegiate athletes, coaches, and media personalities as they dissect what's going on in the world of sports. It's sports, entertainment, and fun, and it's all part of Murphy's Law. Tune in Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Leadership is a destination, but how do you get there? More importantly, how do you maximize your power and influence and develop more leaders in your organization? Learn from proven leaders and proven practices. Join Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler for Leadership Development News. This program will help you develop the next leaders in your organization, balance your work life, manage your boss, and manage yourself. We'll feature cutting-edge interviews with industry experts and authors. Leadership Development News, every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on The Voice America Business Channel. This is Dr. Vijaya Nair. Together with my dear friend, Dr. Howard Piper, we are hosting our own show called Kiss Your Life Hello. We are two internationally recognized experts, researchers, authors, and health advocates in holistic medicine and counseling. We promise you a fantastic show with interesting guest experts to educate and entertain you with the latest information on mind, body, and spirit wellness. Join us on Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific and 10 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. See you there. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. You're tuned in to Double Time with Double D featuring host Dave Dewerson. Get in on the action. Call us now at 1-888-346-9144. For Double D, that's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to doubledfans at ddfavor.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Double Time with Double D. I'm your host, Dave Dewerson. We are live at the uh, Pro Player Networking event at the James L. Knight Center. It has been uh, an incredible afternoon. I've only been here for some 45 minutes or so, but I must tell you that uh, this is, without question, the place to be. Uh, there are retired players. There are current players. Corporate America's here. Everybody from Bank America and all sorts of others um, to, of course, Voice America. And we are here in a big way. We've got major real estate, prime real estate, here inside the James L. Center and uh, James L. Knight Center. And uh, it is a pleasure right now. Uh, sitting across from me is a man who played the National Football League for 10 years. But more importantly, he is part of the guys who are guiding the ship for the Minnesota Vikings. He is uh, the tight ends coach, Jimmy Johnson. And uh, Jimmy, man, it's great to have you. Great to see you. It's been a long time. Glad to be here, Dave. Uh, haven't seen you in a while. Always good to uh, see you again. Thank you very much. Thanks. It's, it's really a pleasure to have you with us. Now, in, in regards to the uh, uh, the season that you guys just had, obviously, you know, uh, because now when, when we think Minnesota Vikings, we're going to think Brett Favre the same way <laughs> as when you think uh, uh, the uh, Green Bay Packers. You still think Brett Favre. 
But uh, in terms of this one year, uh, with Brett coming in, you know, of course, uh, without any preseason, what have you, but the way he took over that, that football team and guided uh, the team, um, give us a, 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 a sense as to what you saw both as a veteran player and a coach that makes him so special. Uh, you know, you heard all the rumors before he got there, uh, especially from New York about, you know, he's a bad guy, he's a prima donna. He's the furthest thing from that. I mean, he's down to earth. He's always having fun. Um, and to talk about him on the field, we obviously we know what he's done on the field for the past 19 seasons. And uh, he proved this past season that he didn't need any OTAs or mini camps, uh, training camps to come in and, 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 and prove what he was capable of doing. Well, that, that is uh, the mark of a true veteran. And the one thing that we knew about Brett was the fact that the guy understood X's and O's, loves to play the game. And, um, you know, with the, uh, with the short watch or the, or the short clock before the season started and where you guys ended, and, uh, I mean, literally, it came down to one play in overtime. Uh, otherwise, you guys are right here. You know, what a phenomenal story that is. And, and, and you know, the mark that he's left on the, on the team just in that one year, um, you know I, know, I know there's been a lot of discussion already, and I know you guys are probably tired of hearing the question, but I've got to ask it as well here on the Voice American Sports Network. Um, what is the status of, of Brett Favre, and is it expected that he'll be back next year? And um, and what is your take? I, I wish I had that answer for you. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to take his time in, in regards to making that decision. Um, I hopefully, all of us hope that he'll be back. Yes. Um, and he can take all the time he wants. <laughs> Very well. I heard that. I heard that. Now, in terms of your tight ends and um, you know the guys that uh, uh, that you're coaching, um, who's your most senior senior player, and what are you looking for uh, from your from your tight ends? Of course, you got a you got another tight end sitting across from you, Chicago Bear, Des Clark, and uh, you know he's a longtime vet. And we want to try and keep him in Chicago, but uh, at, you know so I won't. Uh, getting anything. We don't want any collusion to go on, but, but now, you know, say hello to Jimmy. How you doing, Jimmy? <laughs> oh, I don't want any tampering to go on over here. That's right. right. But I, I think he said over there in, in Minnesota with the guys that he have over there, the big, big time blocking Tim Clown Salsa. I mean, uh, Tim, right? Jim. Jim. Because uh, Mihu came in the same year. I don't know how I don't know that. And, um, and of course, uh, Shanko um, right. doing big things over there. I'm calling everybody by the wrong now. I just, went, I just wanted to go use the all restroom. You, all you do is remember guys' jersey number. I'm the same way, you know? <laughs> I just, I'm going to tell you this story. I just went to go use the restroom, right? So I went to the gospel event last night, the gospel celebration. Yeah. So I'm out in the hallway, and I see um, B.B. Wines. So I go there. Hey, CeCe, how you doing? He turned around. He's like, it's B.B. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I, 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 I didn't mean to call you CeCe. I was like, man, nice show. So I'm forgetting everybody's name right yeah. now. Yeah. No problem. But we got Jim Kleinsasser. He's uh, coming into his 12th season. Uh, that's the most senior player we have at the position. Then we got Rasan Shanko. Uh, they had a hell of a year this past season. Uh, putting up some great numbers, and um, we have Jeff Dugan uh, also and Garrett Mills. So those are the four guys that we have uh, currently on the roster. Uh, I'm very familiar with Desmond Clark as he is with us because uh, we're in the same division. Yeah, <laughs> got to see him twice a year. Know it well, know it well. You know, so I see him quite a bit. <laughs> very good, very good. Now, you know, along with, uh, you know, of course, we talked about your quarterback, we talked about your tight ends, but you guys have the most prolific. I mean, this is a 
a straight-up nasty running back. Adrian Peterson is a beast. And, I, I, uh, I think he's the best running back in it. I know Chris Johnson had the 2,000 yards this year, and maybe he's ready to take over maybe. But right now, I still, even with, you know, the couple fumbles and, and how he finished right. the year, he's still the best running back in the NFL That's right now. That's why I said he's a beast. Because although Chris Johnson's got great speed, you know, the way that you, you go about stopping great speed is with one great impact. Yes. But, uh, you know, Adrian Peterson has had a number of those, and the guy has done his job. Uh, and that's that's the one word to describe. And when you start talking about uh, the things that he does on the football field, the word that you come up with is beast. You know, when you start talking about somebody that's 6'2", 218, runs a 4'3", as, as strong as he is. Yes, and runs hard. Runs hard, doesn't turn down any any contact. He, he'll, run, he'll run. If you want to go head-to-head, he'll go head-to-head. He'll juke you. He'll run by you. Uh, he's a special guy. Yeah. I, I know every year, man, when we have to play those guys, you know, I go talk to the defense. Uh, you know, we, we straight, right? We, we got we got a plan for, for Adrian over there, right? Because, you know, I was saying all year, you know, in, in, until Brett Favre started actually beating people, you got to stop Adrian and try to let Brett Favre beat you. But then Brett Favre started beating everybody too. But, you know, he, he, Adrian had some of them big games against us. When he went for, what, 250 or something like that, it, he had three runs where he didn't get touched and was just out in the, out in the about strolling the park, so he's one of those guys that when you play him, even though I don't have to go go up against him, I still want to know what's going on, how how we game planning against right. him. So he's definitely a beast. Well, coach, in, in regards to preparation for uh, for next next season, you know, of course the uh, uh, the playoff game just ended. So how much time do you guys take off as coaches? How much time are you giving your players off uh, before you'll be bringing those guys back in? Because let's face it, you know, pro sports today is 12 months. Without a doubt, those guys don't have a whole lot of time off, and uh, our guys are scheduled to be back in the building uh, here in the middle of March. No uh, kidding. Like like most teams, and uh, even with the late season going to the NFC Championship, they still have to be back uh, around the middle to the latter part of March. Uh, as far as the coaches are concerned, Coach Childress does a great job of. Uh, giving us time off in all season in terms of making sure we get away and, and, and get, a, get a fresh uh, from the situation and come back rejuvenated and ready to get back into coaching. So right. he's pretty good with that. Very good. In terms of, of your own aspirations, um, uh, you see yourself as a head coach in this game? Why not? Offensively, that, no, I like that. <laughs> I, hey, you know I what? like that. <laughs> it, to, to be a coach or a player, I can't, I can't respect the coach who's not trying to get to the top of the game, just like a player. Like, if I'm coming in as a backup and somebody asks me, so where you trying to go? Oh, I'm cool being third or second. You can't respect that as a coach. Right. So and I used to ask my coach that all the time. So, you know, how long is it going to take you to be a coordinator? Right. And if he said, well, you know, I don't really want to be a coordinator. Why not? You know, that that's not respectable. You're trying to get to the top of the game just like everybody else. Without a doubt. As long as I'm in this profession, I will keep striving to be the best that I can possibly be. Hopefully, I'll be a coordinator one day, and obviously, the, the pinnacle would be a head coach. So, without a doubt, I don't have any aspirations of being a 20-year tight end coach. I heard that. Well, you know, give us uh, your background, Jimmy, in terms of, of your 10, 10 uh, NFL years, uh, uh, seasons in, in the league, because our listening audience wants to know. Um, I would be considered what a what of a journeyman. I, I spent my first three seasons uh, with the Washington Redskins, where I won a Super Bowl. Uh, I played from '89 to '98. Yep. So I played from '89 to '98. We had a few collisions. Ten, ten seasons uh, with four different teams. So I spent the first three with the Washington Redskins, uh, who drafted me, uh, the 12th round pick in the uh, in the '89 draft. Um, 
two years in, in Detroit, 92 and 93. Yes. Uh, one year in Kansas City in 94, and my remaining four years were in Philadelphia. Well, that's quite special in and of itself to be a 12th round pick and end up being a 10-year guy in the National Football not, League. Not, yes. even, not even 12, 12 um, rounds in the um, draft now. You only go to seven. Yes, I dating myself. Yeah, but, but tell me this. One thing that I respect about the coaching fraternity, man, y'all, it's such a commitment to be a coach, man. Y'all have to sacrifice so much, including a lot of family time, and that's something that, you know, as, as a player, you look at the coaches, and if you can't respect that about the coaches, then you, you just don't respect the coach. Talk about that a little bit, all the sacrifice that you guys have to make in order to get those game plans ready for the guys. Well, you know, obviously, you know, as a player, how strenuous it is to, to, to play the game of football at the highest level. Well, coaching the game at the highest level uh, requires maybe not the physical aspect of it, but definitely the long hours. So uh, you're pretty much married to the job. So you, you're going to be there 6 a.m. and it'll be after midnight, you know, before you go home, you'll be burning the midnight oil. Uh, and that pretty much just comes with the territory. So we're trying to put you guys in the best possible situation come Sunday. That you are prepared and know exactly what's going on with your opponent. You know what? And I don't think a lot of people actually know that. Actually, you know, I don't think a lot of people know that NFL players just don't go to practice and go home because you, you, get, you get a lot of that. So right. when I first got in the NFL, I had my guy call me. So um, what, 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 you, what doing? you doing? Um, I'm actually on break from work. I'm eating a little lunch. What you mean? He asked me, what you mean work? I was like, I'm at work. I go in at 7 in the morning, and I probably get home at 5. I'm, I'm at work. So, And then you guys, you know, some of you guys in there at 5.30 in the morning, 6 in the morning, and, you know, leave at 12 at night. That's, that's almost ridiculous. So, you know, I really appreciate the coaching fraternity, the type of hours that they put in, and the commitment that they have to this game because, you know, without you guys coordinating all that stuff, what we do on the field will, will probably be so helter-skelter that the game wouldn't be as good as what it is. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank yes, you. Well, you know, um, Jimmy, in terms of some of the guys that you played with, uh, we've got uh, just a couple minutes where we need to go to a break. But uh, with your time there in uh, in Washington, I think in terms of some of my dear friends that are now Hall of Famers, Daryl Green, who was my roommate at the uh, at the three NFL Combines that we had, Art Monk, who, you know, who I went up against forever in the National Football League. And um, either when, I, of course, I was with the Bears and then twice a year when I was with the Giants. So, um, you know, those types of individuals um, have to, to leave a, a, a lasting impact on your life. And I'm just wondering um, what those guys have meant to you. They were great. I, I, I had the, the good fortune of coming to a franchise. You know we didn't have as much free agency as we have now. Right. Um, where the team was pretty much set, and they had their veterans there. And I had the good fortune of coming in to an organization that had already been to three Super Bowls before I arrived there. And the leadership that we had on that team, the veteran leadership, which you know about, yes. um, was great. Uh, with Dal Green uh, being one of the vocal leaders. Charles Mann. Charles Mann. Art Monk. Yes. You can go back to the Hogs. You know, Russ Grimm, Jeff Bostic, Joe Jacoby, uh, Lachey, yes. all those guys. Absolutely. Um, Monty Coleman, who played 16 years. Oh, yeah. You know, those, those were the guys that I looked up to being a rookie coming in. Well, I tell you what, I know that uh, the current guys that are playing for you in uh, Minnesota look up to you. Uh, Adrian Peterson, I'm certain, looks 
up to you being a 10-year man, and you've got that Super Bowl ring. And uh, I just want to tell you again, Jimmy, it's a pleasure to have you on, man. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we've got to go to a hard break because I'm about to uh, to go speak. I think, Des, you want to stick around for a little while. Is that right? Um, I, I get, I'm getting a nod. I'm getting okay. a nod from the producer. All right. I know Nick Murphy's <laughs> here, so I know Nick's about to get some air time. So uh, we want to thank you, Des, for uh, for all you've done, man. And I'm uh, looking forward to doing some things with you. Yes, We're going to figure out a way. You know, we need to tie our shows in together, man, because I tell you what, an hour is it's never enough time. It's not long enough, is it? You know? <laughs> it is not. And, uh, you know, and you got some banging music, and of course, I got some funky stuff going oh, yeah. in the background I'm, right I'm here. Like this, man. I'm like, my, I, I think Ron kind of held out on me with uh, the music. No, no, no. We had to bring your own stuff, my brother. You know, it's just like everything <laughs> else. You got to get your own. I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> but Jimmy, thank you for having us, for being you. on with us, man. It's a Glad pleasure to have you. And uh, thanks to our listening audience for spending a little time with us. You've been listening to Double Time with Double D. I'm your host, Dave Durson. We'll see you again next Thursday. Till then, it's Super Bowl time. It's game time here in Miami. Take care. God bless you. such as why, how, and what if? Did you allow yourself to be carefree, to dance and sing? Did you create just for fun? Want to feel that way again? Reclaim your natural curiosity and creativity with Dr. Carol Stalkup on Stargazing Stories, sparking your creativity. Revitalize your life, work, and relationships. Be more playful, be bold, imagine, explore, and live more creatively every day. Tune in Wednesdays at 11 a.m. in the East, 8 a.m. in the West on 7th Wave Network. Are you feeling overwhelmed? Do you lack energy and enthusiasm? Do you really want to change your thoughts and feelings? Can you really stay sane when your life isn't? Of course you can, just by listening to Stay Sane Now each week with Claudine Strzok and co-host Wesley Stoller. You'll have fun and learn how to make each new day the best day of your life. Every show is designed to energize and get you started off on the next week. Stay Sane Now is broadcast live Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on 7th Wave Network. 
it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment rising to levels not seen since the Great Depression. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Are you looking for the next best thing? Of course you are. We all are. The next best thing is like your personal crystal ball on the radio, only it's much more accurate. We'll discuss medicine, healthcare, politics, the arts, matters of the heart, and spirit. In this confusing world, the next best thing will keep you ahead of the game. Where can you find the next best thing? Join your host, Linda C. Thompson, on the Voice America Variety Channel every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time for the next best thing. Sports Talk. Welcome to Murphy's Law with host Nick Murphy. Get ready for an hour of candid conversation and entertainment with your favorite athletes, coaches, and personalities. And now, your host, Nick Murphy. I want to say happy Friday, but it's, it's Saturday, isn't it? We're down here in Miami. Super Bowl week, Super Bowl 44, kicking off tomorrow. The Indianapolis Colts and New Orleans Saints having a great time down here at PE. Thanks for joining us. We've been doing this all day long, having a lot of the hosts come on and, and talk about a whole lot of stuff from football to, to some of the things that are going on at this event. Wanted to bring in Lionel Dalton. Thank you, sir, for joining us. Lionel, former player with the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Broncos, the Redskins. Help me out, Lionel. Who else? All, all 32 teams. I played on all teams. See, I feel like I did. If I, if I didn't play for them, I worked out for them at some point. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I, I like to say that half the teams in the league cut me at least once. <laughs> it ain't totally true, but it's damn close. We had a good time, right? Close. We had a good time doing it. We did have a good time. Yeah. Speaking of good time, this is a heck of an event down here at PE, Higher Regency in Miami. How are you liking it so far? It's great. Yeah, like, um, nice to see a lot of the guys I played with in the past. Like, nice to see everybody's doing something. Guys are, you know, staying active, staying busy. That's important. And um, good, it's a good networking event. Um, I, I didn't know so many guys in so many different businesses. I think it's great. I'm learning a lot, um, meeting a lot of new people, and um, hopefully I can do some business with these guys in the um, future. Absolutely. I played with you in Kansas City. I haven't seen you in a few years, so it's a, it's a, it's great to see you and, and good that you're doing well. Thank you. Nice to see you as well. Let's talk about the football a little bit. We got we got some some game I heard is rumored to be played here tomorrow. <laughs> Something like the Super Bowl or I, I don't know. Yeah, one of those. Guys. I don't know. You got the Colts. You got the Colts and the Saints. 
Okay. <laughs> a little live radio for you. We got the Colts and the Saints. We got Peyton Manning. Everybody talking about that. Uh, who do you got? Who do you think is going to win this game? See, this is a tough one for me. If I had to, um, if I had to pay money, I would. If I had to bet money, I would roll with the Colts. But I have a big heart, and I always go with the underdog. So I'm rolling with. I want the Saints to win. You're, you're down here in the I, South, Boca, Florida, right? Yeah, Boca, Florida. So you a Saints fan just by default because of geography? Or? I just want the Saints to win because of everything that happened with them in Katrina. The city needs some type of positive energy. And Peyton won one already in the past, so let's give the Saints a championship. Drew Brees has, has definitely earned his opportunity. I don't know that he's getting the credit he deserves this week because of how great Peyton Manning's been, not just this year, but obviously throughout his career. Talk about Drew Brees. Coming from San Diego, there was the issue. It's funny because you've got this. You remember the San Diego issue with Eli Manning and the draft and, and how Phillip Rivers ended up there. That was kind of what got Drew Brees out of San Diego. Now he faces Peyton Manning, who indirectly, you know, through his relation to Eli, might be responsible for him being in New Orleans. A little bit of an overanalyzation maybe, but talk about Drew Brees and, and the player that he is. I think Drew Brees is a pretty good, he's a good, pretty good quarterback. You know, he, has some, he did pretty good when, we, when I played him when he was with the Chargers. He's had a choppy career. It's been off and on, on at times, off at times. I think he came. To, I think this, um, the St. New um, organization he's come together. And they look really well during the season. The playoffs they play, they played a little sloppy. I think a lot of people's questioning. Um, I don't know if Drew be scared. Is he nervous? You know, we'll see. Super Bowl is a big game, and hopefully those they can step up and he can play and they continue to do what they were doing during the season. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. If you had to make a pick, I think the Colts line by five. It looks like it's going to be a nice day. You got two dome teams, weather's not going to be an issue. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Dwight Freeney, uh, it's still questionable whether he's going to play or not. He's playing. He's playing? Don't believe that he's playing. See, you know what I think? I think Dwight Freeney, if I were him this week, I would have gone and I would have found Terrell Owens and I would have I would have found some kind of hyperbaric chamber for that ankle because you remember a few years back when uh, when T.O. went through that whole deal, he came out and, and just lit all, it up. It's all coaching. They're trying to make the um, Saints, you know, wonder, you know, what if we have a Freeney, if we don't have a Freeney. You know, they don't know. You know, it, it, it makes the coaches a little frustrated because they don't know who to prepare for it. So it's all coaching strategy right now. He's playing. I don't care. Any player, a toe, you're a defensive lineman, you're playing. You're going to cut it off or shoot it up, you're going to be out there on the field on Super Bowl Sunday. Speaking of coaches, I, I couldn't agree with you more. If there's a guy, it doesn't matter. You'd have to be dead not to want to play on Super Bowl Sunday. But talking about the coaches, Jim Caldwell's done such a great job for the Colts this year. Tony Dungy, I was, I was thinking about this the other day. He, he leaves Tampa in a situation where John Gruden comes in and wins the Super Bowl. He leaves the Colts in a situation where they very well, you know, favored by five, might win the Super Bowl tomorrow. Uh, very well-respected guy, Tony Dungy, only has credit for one Super Bowl, but realistically you can make the argument that he's responsible for three, and, and that's assuming the Colts would get this done tomorrow. But talk about Jim Caldwell and, and how difficult it is to come in and, and do what he's done with a, fo with a football team. I think um, Tony Dungy has worked, um, I think, hand-in-hand -hand with this guy. I think they're really good friends. I think the system is pretty much the same system with Tony Dungy left. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised Tony Dungy helps him make a lot of the decisions as a head coach. The organization the same. You know, you don't really lead off as a coordinator. You have Peyton Manning. And um, I think they're going to do well. I think it was an easy transition because he has Tony Dungy. He's pretty much doing everything that Tony Dungy, the same game plan. And it worked, and they end the Super Bowl again. And they might win tomorrow. You never know. And the, the Colts did a phenomenal job from the front office down with that transition. So much of this event that we're at is about transition, career transition. But as far as the transition from head coach to head coach, I don't know that I've ever seen it done better than the Colts did it. It, it was the same system. There seemed to be absolutely no, no gap in logic. They've followed Jim Caldwell well. Heard Peyton Manning say today on ESPN, yeah, they, they play hard for this guy, and that's the biggest compliment you can get. 
Colts, they're undefeated in games they've, they've attempted to win this year. So uh, I, don't, I don't know. If you had to make a pick, you said you're going with the Saints. Is that, a, is that your pick or is that your, your pull? If I had to pick, if I had to bet money, I'm, I would bet on the Colts. Okay, gotcha. This is a very, very loud event, huh? What do we got going on over here? Uh, I, think, I think it's um, NFL American Idol over there. I think guys are playing. They're having a dance competition. NFL American Idol. That's a, yeah. not a bad business idea. I might, <laughs> a lot of old men with bad talk. knees trying to dance. Yeah. So I think you can dance meets idol meets football. Hold on. We're going to talk about that right after, right after we get off the air here. So I wanted to talk to you. We were chatting a little bit earlier. Obviously, you have you know what you what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. You're really, really passionate about a nonprofit organization and, and helping nonprofits out. Talk about that. What, um, what, we, what is, it's called Kids Power Play sports and what we do is we go to low-income family we, um, we primarily deal with low-income family homes and we teach parents how to shop on a, eat healthy and shop on a budget you know most parents most people can't afford whole foods and so we uh, my nutritionist take the parents shopping teach the parents how to make the, the meals the kids love like macaroni and cheese pizza and different things make it healthier there's other options you can put in your macaroni there's other options you can make pizza with to make it healthy and so pretty much re-educating everybody on the food they're eating teaching families how to read food labels it's important it's important just as important to know what you're putting in your body. A lot of us just eat and don't know, you know, have no idea the damage that we're doing. Is, is there anything from a legislative standpoint that that you've seen or, or talked about where it becomes, you know, disclosure is a big deal in this country, and I, I, I really believe that it's people should know what they're putting in their body. Is there anything on the legislative front that you see coming that's going to help with that? Um, I think we need to have more. I don't, I don't see anything coming. I think we need to have more rules about what we put in our body. I think education, um, health education in schools should be pushed more. I think a lot of people don't know a lot of the stuff they put in our, all our foods are genetically modified now. So people don't have digestive enzymes in their food anymore. That's why everybody has acid reflux now. There's a lot of things we don't know and things we can take like um, amino acids or digestive enzymes that can help us be healthy, help us process and digest the food faster. We, have, we won't have some of the health issues that we're having here today. Absolutely. You're listening to Murphy's Law here live from Miami, the Player Network event. I want to bring in Dr. Keith Harrison as well, uh, Associate Professor at the University of Central Florida up the road in Orlando. He's also the president of the Scholar Baller program. Lionel, I want to keep you here and I want to, I want to just kind of conversate with you guys about the nonprofits that you're involved in and, and why you're really pulled to that level of business. So Dr. Harrison, just give everybody out there listening a, a glimpse of Scholar Baller if they haven't heard of it. Sure. Scholar Baller was founded in um, 2004 as a nonprofit organization inspiring youth to excel in education and life using their cultural interest in sport and entertainment. I personally with another scholar out there, Dr. Eddie Coma, we've been writing about this concept the last decade. And basically, we started our organization because we didn't feel that society, the media, um, etc., pushes that school is cool. School is seen as a negative thing where, if, for instance, if I go speak to a high school or even a university and I ask how many people get teased for being smart, half the room raises their hands. And so I think with the platform of the Super Bowl, we don't ask the question, what did Jonathan Vilma major in? Well, he graduated with honors from the University of Miami. So, you know, much like yourself, Nick, doing this interview, we need people to make the transition. And so our nonprofit works with over 100, uh, 100 high schools, community colleges, and universities. Next time you ask that question, raise your hand if you think it's cool to be smart. And the, the people that don't raise their hand say, all right, well, the people that have their hand up in the air are going to be your boss in about 15, 20 years. So get used to that. That's real, Nick. That's real. Talk about talk about it a little more. It's, what level of education is this is this program Scholar Ball coming out at? Is it just colleges and universities? How deep does it go? And, and if people out there want to get involved, what's the best way to do that? 
great question. Our curriculum, we have a curriculum and incentive-based program that uh, targets ninth graders all the way through seniors and colleges. If you're interested, go to Scholar, just like it sounds, baller, scholarballer.org. And um, you can get involved. We need interns. We need uh, folks out there to help us with new media. But we do the nonprofit because we care about young people. And we know that, you know, and the NFL stands for not for long as well. Yeah. And it's going to end. Can I, can I hit on something? A friend of mine, we're working together starting a nonprofit. And we're trying to raise money to put low-income family kids in the preparatory schools. I have two children. My daughter's in a preparatory school here at Pinecrest. And my son's in the public school. And my daughter loves to the cool kids in her school are the, are the smart kids. In my son's school, the cool kids are the athletes. And so it's kind of like, why isn't it cool? My daughter, you know, she does great in school. She does well. My son, I'm having problems with. But he, it's not cool to him. He doesn't want to read because none of his friends read. But in my daughter's school, everybody reads. It's normal. It's like she loves to read. It's fun for her. And so I've saw, you know, the differences for having kids in both backgrounds and how, dang, I wish, you know, that, you know, we could push that in some of the fam some of the low-income families in the neighborhoods. I think, you know, it's unfair. It's not fair, actually. I look at it like it's not, it's not fair that these kids don't get that same education as these kids in a preparatory school. And it'd be really interesting to see what it, what it is about that school, aside from the fact that it's private versus public, what they do in their curriculum and what they do in the culture of their school to, to have that type of discrepancy between, you know, they live in the same area, they live in the same roof, for God's sake. You know, you've got this totally different attitude towards something that's so significant. Talk about that for a minute, Dr. Well, Harrison. Yeah, well, the research shows that it's like 80% of uh, borders and bar and Noble shoppers are women. And so what we know from the research, because I look at stereotypes of athletes and of men in particular, is that sports tells men that you don't necessarily have to engage in intellectualism, literacy. You know, I do several different types of studies, and we find that athletic identity is more of an issue with the revenue sports of football and basketball. Not to say that many football and basketball players do not do well in school, but it's not what they identify with always as being a man. You know, I, I was I was listening to Jay-Z's song on Blueprint 3, Forever Young, while I was getting dressed, and I thought, you know, here I am, 41, I'm a college professor, I love coming to Guy Troops Players Networking event, and then it hit me, I feel forever young because I can use my mind forever. And, right. you know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel it. any different from when I played center at West Texas. I'm still trying to ball. I'm just doing it long term. Yeah, Lionel, you were a defensive lineman. I, every, I think the quarterbacks get the most credit in the NFL for having to have a brain. Obviously, it's, it's pretty visible. Right. Talk about just as it relates to football and your background, offensive linemen in particular, but defense as well. There's some smart guys out there. I played with Matt Burke in Minnesota. He went to Harvard. I mean, there's some I think, very, very I think, bright I think guys. It's some more responsibility. Offensive linemen have a lot of responsibility. More offensive players have more responsibility. More they have a lot of stuff to learn. And like defensive linemen, we learn, you know, hit the A gap, hit the B gap. You might have to stunt, but it's pretty simple. You know, it's elementary. Linebackers, you know, it depends on the it pretty much depends on the responsibility of the player um, of his education level. And it sucks, but that's, you know, that's the way it is. One of the great things about this event, you talk about education, is just the education of realizing that a networking event and who you know and being willing to commit to learning something doesn't have to do with what you're doing right now. How significant that is. I know for myself, I played, I, want, I say four years because it was four years in length, but it was really little spurts of four weeks, eight weeks, seven months, three weeks. So I always knew it was coming as a punter, but a lot of the, the intelligent people to me in this game and in other sports are the guys that really get it and know from the very beginning, I, I better pay attention to school, and now that I'm out of school, I better start getting networked, I better start thinking about that transition, because it will happen whether you're ready for it or not. Isn't that right? 
Nick, you, you great segue. Um, I teach at the DeVos Sport Business Management Program. There's over 330 sport business management programs in the United States. All of these people going to those programs are preparing for life after sport. So to me, it makes no sense. You know, you, I love to see people like Lionel Dalton and others, yourself, use the platform. I mean, think about it. You, you can network easily. When you played in college, everyone knows your last name's Murphy. Everyone knows your last name's Dalton. Are you grabbing business cards from boosters? Can you intern? We have to learn to use that limelight, Aaron, as Jared Irons, a former All-American at Michigan, I'm a former grad student, used to say. And so, yeah, Jay, Jay Irons. So I look into my students to my left. They're already interning. They're already volunteering. They drove down from Orlando because they understand they have to get their foot in the door. Well, athletes, they already have their body in the door. We just have to learn to stay in there. You know, there's a lot of players. We don't really think about that because I didn't do a lot of networking and do a lot of events. Unfortunately, I had a wife that knew a lot about that, and she did it for me. But I didn't see the importance of it until I retired now. Now I'm trying to network and meet more people because I'm not working right now. So I think we need to push that into the players about networking, going out there, meeting people, because it is football is not for long. Like you said, I played nine years and it went by like that, you know, and that's a long career. But, it's like, but it's like I'm 30, about to turn 35. I'm in the prime of my life. All my friends just starting to get their homes and their family situated. And I'm like. What am I? What am I going to do? Right. You know? Guy, Guy Drew put it on the head on my show yesterday uh, on Murphy's Law, and he, he talked about the leverage that you have while you're still an active player versus the leverage that you do not have, or, or the, the discrepancy in leverage from I'm an active player and hey, you know, Google me, look at my roster versus I played three years ago for the Eagles. I, uh, this is my fifth year not going to training camp, so I'm starting to be like, man, it's like a, can I have a 10-year reunion or something? I don't know, but <laughs> the leverage that you have while you're a current player, and that's, that's a big part of why I'm here, is to, is to help educate, and I appreciate both you guys being here and talking about about your story. So if you had advice for a player, Lionel, that, that's in the league right now, maybe he's three or four years in, Yeah, it may be over, but he doesn't think it's going to be. He's got some money, but he's not set for life. If, if you had to do it over again at that stage in your career, What's the piece of advice that you would give that guy? I would have I would have wrote my goals doing I, I would wrote, only wrote goals while I was playing like with stats. I would write goals of what I want to do when I was done, and I would network and meet these people while I'm playing. Why they more reluctant to work with me because I'm a superstar, I'm a player, and, 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 and use those contacts once I'm retired to um, branch off into a, a career after football. So just use your contacts and um, use your start you know, your stardom to um, help boost your career after football. Within the scholar ball program, Keith. Uh, somebody told me when I was still in college at Arizona State, one of the biggest mistakes they ever made was leaving the town they went to college in. This is obviously assuming you don't go on and play at the next level, but do you talk about that in your program with, with the athletes, the importance of being networked while you're in college and then using – college is more community. You know, college is, is very community-esque. I played at Arizona State, and there's still people – from back in you know 1999 that remember me from ASU that didn't even know I played in the NFL. Is, uh, what's the significance of that, and how can it really help these guys with their careers? Well, that's hence the language we use. They're all going to see you as a ball player and a baller, so that's why we call it scholar baller. They're going to have their perception. What all athletes, my, my input out there, and I hope this influences you, is you have to reframe how they see you. So if you're not asking for a business card, and you're not saying being humble and that you want to intern, then they're just going to 
see you as an athlete. They're only going to ask you, did you beat U of A, you know, over the cup? Yes, we did. Okay. <laughs> no, and, and they're only going to talk to you about sport if that's all that you're going to engage them with. We have to teach athletes to reframe their identity and reframe, as Lionel was very humble to admit, you got to have both goals. So at the practical level, I tell kids this, adults can use the same formula. Do you. Figure out who you are. Um, for every uh, song you have on your iPod, I say you should have read a book. For everything you do in pop culture, if you go to the movies twice a week or once a week, you should read a book or even start with a page. We can't continue to have this imbalance institutionally of athletics versus academics because right now, academics is losing. You're absolutely right. I, Lionel, you did this for nine years. For the guys out there that say, oh, you know, that's that's great, Keith, but I don't have the time. I've got a job. I've got a family. I've got little kids. What have you learned either in your career or since your career ended that you can go, again, give some advice to these guys. How can they fit something that's important like this into their schedule when they don't think they have time? It's always time. You know, as an athlete, you're always hurting. You can always make an excuse not to do something. I've always had times on Tuesday and Wednesday. It's been an hour here. It's been an hour there. You have the time. you got to make the time. And your career after football is going to be a lot longer than your career doing football. And um, just um, a lot of guys learn the language. I have to learn the language. It's a different language when you're speaking to your players and your coaches and then when you're out in the business world. Oh, yeah. You know, the language, you have to learn to speak the language and be a little, um, I guess, become a little more articulate about expressing what you want and your goals. And that's the point. Like you said, reading. I've just, you know, I'm, the last six years, I really picked up my reading and I saw and I've experienced a change in how I can articulate myself and the importance of reading. I didn't value that much growing up as a child. And now as an adult, I see the importance and why I wish I would have started younger, but, you know, I'm done with the past and I'm moving on right now. It's good for you, good for you to admit that. And, and both you guys can speak to this having been players. You have a hell of a lot more time when you're playing sports than when you don't. When you get out there into the real world and you really have a 40, 50, 60 hour a week job, that's when your time starts to get really tight. So if you're still out there playing and you can pick up a book today, I don't want to say turn off this show. You can just turn it down or something like that. But, you know, go read a book. What does the Scholarball program do to, to help these guys after they're out of school? Do you, do you maintain contact with all your clients or, or sure. I suppose? Yes. Well, we have a database of our scholar baller student athletes but one of the things that we haven't fine-tuned yet but it's evolving is the students that I teach at UCF we talk about athlete transition and we want them to serve as mentors they're college students so if we are telling the students to network do internships get full-time jobs we want them to go back and hire the athletes and I think they're more than open to that athletes have great skills of time management detail-oriented competitive all the things I learned plant center um, throughout my whole life pretty much so we just try to teach um, any of our student athletes anyone involved with the program that you know I, I call it you have to steal back time I want to go back to that with reading Nick I go to the barbershop I see young people particularly um, men of color they'll sit in the barbershop for three hours where they could have read a book during that time when you go to the dentist you might wait 20 minutes you go to the doctor I still do these things to this day 
we had road games. My junior year, West Texas, we only had three home games, eight on the road. Myself, our nose guard, and our stone safety red, and everyone on our team called us weird. But we all graduated, and we're all doing fairly well right now. Yeah, and you got a doctorate to your name as well. So congratulations on that. It's become such a cultural issue. I mean, parents, I start everything. If you have a problem with society or the way things are, I always go back to the parents. How much time do kids – I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, where I was – I didn't play video games that much. I didn't watch TV that much. My mom said, here, have an apple, go play street hockey. And we were outside. Do you see that, Lionel, with your kids? You've got two young kids. Is it more difficult now to, to get them outside and away from the PlayStation, away from the iPhone, the Internet? It's tough, but I make my kids do it. You know, my son hates to read, but he's reading out loud to me 30 minutes every day, and I might let him read 30 minutes by himself. But it's important, and these things you push them now, they will appreciate it later on. Like right now, I wish my parents, when I was growing up, which made me do more things like reading. And I, you know, I was too cool to, I was the kid, I was too cool to do, go to class, I was too cool to do that. And I wish I would have done that now. So my son's gonna appreciate when he's a when he's a grown man. I, I, I think. Don't have any kids yet, Nate. No, just to follow Lionel. But I'm learning from all of you that we gotta have balance. So video games, I love pop culture. That's fine. Um, when I have a son or daughter someday, uh, the NFL wouldn't have played 60 if kids were still active. And we know we cut physical education classes out all, all the time. I just think that, um, you know, I want my son or daughter in the future to go to museums. I'm going to film it when they give a presentation. Too many parents, I'm going to pick on the parents right now, emphasize Little League, uh, take out mortgage loans so their kids can play soccer. We would never do this for the SAT or ACT test. Now, have you been Have you been to a Little League game lately? I don't know if your kids are playing sports yet, Lionel. But I, have some, a, I have a Little League Some of these parents are insane. I mean, they're, they're insane. They, yeah. they think that the NFL draft slot is on the line when their kid is six. Yeah. It's like, dude, he, he, he missed a tackle in Pop Warner football, big deal. Right. <laughs> yeah. I had a parent, uh, her son was on blindside. It was a clean hit, it was blindsided. Went out of the bench and went literally cursed the kid out who hit her son in the middle of the game. So these, they take it, they take it, they take it serious. This, and it's like, come on, now, this, this is my eight-year-old. I wish I, this I, wish my I eight, could. Nine-year-old. I wish I could find a little league umpire because those those poor kids. And they know more than me. They know. They all know more than me. You know, oh, yeah. I didn't play football. You know, but what I can got, you say? They all watch football on Sunday, and I guess they, you know, this is a Monday morning quarterback, man. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I got into playing. <laughs> I got into coaching high school football, and you would not believe the number of parents that come up to you after a game and want to know why their kid isn't playing. And it's, well, did you know he didn't come to? practice Tuesday and Wednesday? Did you know that he really doesn't pay attention in meetings? Did you know that Right, he doesn't take practice serious? Yeah, forget, yeah. forget the talent level. You're not getting on the field if you're not doing things right. right. And, and as far as doing things right goes, Scholar Ball Program's all about that. Talk about how that started, how that came to be, and, and just how you chose that career path. Lionel, I want to get it from you, too. It's awesome that you guys have a passion for this. How do you find a way to make a living doing it? And what are the challenges inherent in that? That's a great question. You know, Nick, after I finished at West Texas in 1990, I said I'm going to go back and coach. So there is no plan. There's a great book out there all athletes, especially, should read. It's called The Adventures of Johnny Bunko, Six Career Secrets You Never Thought About Through a Cartoon Narrative. And one of the six points is there is no plan. I thought I wanted to be an athletic director and up getting my master's. I start lecturing at a junior college. The next thing I know, I get a fellowship in my last year to doctorate. My 
dean at Washington State, played Division II football. We connected. He goes, go get your stuff. And, and so for me, I think that I get to teach and research athletics because I'm still – I never got to play in the NFL line, but I'm always cheering for all the athletes there. You all got to live out that dream physically. I've just been able to live the dream out mentally and accepted it. And I think that's key. You have to find your niche. I think, Lionel, we were talking before we came on the air a little bit about the challenge of turning what you're really passionate about, which is nonprofits for you, right. into something that will pay the bills and, and not to be greedy and make a boatload of money, but to, to be able to do what you're passionate about throughout the rest of your life and still be able to support your family and do those things. Talk real quick about the challenges of doing that because it's not as easy as it should be. Well, I've been fairly lucky. You know, I'm, uh, I did good with saving my money, so I haven't really made any money from my nonprofit. But my whole passion is I've always wanted to work with low-income families, kids from neighborhoods that I grew up in. So every team I worked, every team I went to, I was the only guy that would go to the the, the the bad areas and work with those kids, and that's always been my passion. Once I retired, I volunteered at the Boys and Girls Club. That led to me starting a nonprofit, my nonprofit organization because there was a lot of kids that were overweight, and I was doing conditioning and had nutritionists come speak to them. Then I said, you know, there's a lot of kids in different areas that need this you know, type of service. And so I just started working with different kids throughout my community, and I'm here today. And that's, you know, that's what that's I'm awesome. doing. It's one of the most rewarding things I've ever done, Keith. I'll let you hit on this in a second. Hey, I, when I was in Philadelphia, there were some low-income areas we went to. We went to a school, and we helped repaint the thing. And it's amazing what a busload of players. And they don't make it difficult. I mean, for when the NFL team shows up, that's the, that's the big media play. Right. But we're there for about an hour or two, and then right. you've got the rest of the volunteers that don't get any notoriety, exactly. that don't get anything, that do a boatload of the work. So just using your position as a, as a professional athlete and showing up in something like that draws attention to issues that are important. It, gets, it rallies other people that can go out there and do the same thing. Keith, you want to talk about community service real quick as well? Yeah, and I just wanted to give a shout-out to rewind a little bit, Nick, to give Arizona State. They were our first pilot school. Go Devils, the, baby. Yes, Arizona State is the first school in the history of the NCAA to wear a patch Hello. on the front of the jersey in the history of college sport to promote education. So that's how we got started is Gene Boyd and I um, asked a room full of, Gene asked a room full of people how many ballers are there. Everyone stood up. How many scholars are there? About 10 people, 20 stood up. We said, how many scholar ballers? About half the room stood up, and hence it's just taken off since then. Community service is, you know, to quote Reverend Run from Run DMC, he says, service first. You want to give back to your community because it's the right thing to do, and other people don't have the resources to do it. Absolutely. And Arizona State did do a great job. I didn't realize it at the time because this program was in its infancy when I was there, but I really had no idea what a big deal it was going to become and, and, and what a big deal it is. How big has that organization gotten, and, and how were you guys able to do it? Uh, we want to thank um, Miles Brand. Nick actually uh, gave us, they were our, the NCA is our title sponsor, so we wrote a proposal. The NCA got behind us, and um, you know, we took off. We got that funding in 2005. We have 10 high schools. We have about, we work with all 107 community colleges in a small way, but about 10 of them use our curriculum, and then we have nearly 60 uh, four year institutions. And we have athletes like Marcellus Wiley and Dahani Jones that support our concept, Zach Miller. Pollock, um, who's on the Colts, and uh, Larry English at the Chargers. So what we've been doing now with fun is tracking our scholar ballers as they move through the professional ranks and have them come back. Definitely. 
talk about that. The program lot. sounds great. I want to be involved. I want to find out how I can get involved. Absolutely. That's what so much of this weekend has been about. We're doing, we're doing, we're doing a little bit of a mic check. We got some live radio. We got a, a darn concert going on behind us too. So bear with us out you? there. Finally meet you. Kim Whitley's joining us. How you us. doing? How I like your little spiky head. I'm sexy. Yeah, see, see, I spike it up sometimes. That's right. I want to be a part of it. Whatever it is. I clean up. Well, welcome to Murphy's Law. You're listening to Voice America Sports. Lionel Dalton, Keith Harrison, Kim Whitley joining us here from Miami. Super Bowl 44, kicking it off tomorrow. We're just talking about community service. We're talking about a program called Scholar Ballers, and also Lionel's passion for for nonprofits and, and doing that as a career. You probably have some experience doing those things as well in, in the community. Talk about how significant that is in, in every walk of life, no matter what your background is. Well, it's very significant. I mean, first of all, people always need people who are, you know, in the public eye because otherwise people don't want to come to events. People don't want to give money unless they know it's legit. But they know that you've done things in your life and you've made it happen for you. And then they respect that. So, absolutely. I, I do it all the time. I'm, you know, we do free stuff all the time. I was like, well, let me start doing it for myself. So I got a nonprofit, and it's called Comics for Kids. So it's the, it's the same thing. So I see other people in all the time. Talk, talk a little bit more about Comics for Kids. We're talking about reading and the significance of that. Both the Scholar Ball program, Lionel has his son read to him 30 minutes a day. Talk about that. I'm assuming comics has to do a little bit with reading and making it fun for the kids. Well, see, I don't need my kids to read. No, I'm just messing with you. Because I can't read. I can't read, so I don't think the kids need to read. Be nice to Lionel. Come on now. That's not nice. Because Lionel got to use those big words. He's over here talking. I see them. Okay, so. um, Comics for Kids. Comics for Kids. Comics for Kids is an organization where we, um, of course, uh, take donations. And then what we do once a month is go into the inner city with a limo. Uh, We have a contest on the radio. Uh, We take foster kids. And what I used to do is have them come to my house. We'd have a, a, a sleepover, pizza, games. I give them a gift bag when they leave. Oh, Michael Jackson treatment? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't let the kids sleep in the bed with me. I'd be on Catch Predator. No way. Not even if they're reading to you? <laughs> 30 minutes of reading, young man. I need you to read to me for 30 minutes. <laughs> no special juice. <laughs> it's the internet. We can get away with it, right? There's no, there's no. Oh, then that's better. No, 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 no. Lionel Dalton did not just say that on the radio. Because he's been crazy. Oh, we got about eight minutes to go. You guys are cracking, you guys are cracking me up out here. If you guys didn't believe that Miami was a good time, Super Bowl 44, this is where it's at this week. So much going on. I don't even know where to go after that. I know, you're like blushing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Out of control. Keep it, keep it clean, Lionel. Keep it clean. Lionel and Exhibitor. Right now, that's what his name is, Exhibitor. Keith Harris. Dr. Keith Harris. Oh, is he a doctor? I thought yeah, for a minute she USC was. gave me a degree. I was going to say, yeah, I heard that before. You know what I thought? I thought when she said exhibitor, you look a little bit like exhibit with the hat on. It is a little bit. Is like, the rapper? Yes. He's giving it a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. But this is a lot of fun out here, and I'm glad people are doing things. But I will check this out. You got to check out Scar Bar Program. It's a great program I again. No, you started. Started. Where at? Where did it start, Keith? Uh, I started writing about it in 95. Actually, Curtis Conway, Willie McGinnis, inspired me because one was leaving early, one wasn't. Right. So I did a paper on it, and then um, Gene Boy and I hooked up. And what, what university started this program? Arizona State University. The. Arizona. The. Oh, that's the connection. You can't let the groupies accidentally see this. I should want my girl 
Oh, a scholar ball. I'm on scholar ball. We're on that point, Kim. That's what will change the culture. Our guys will read if the women do that. Yeah, that there, it's there, there you go. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start it. That's a good one, yeah. I'm going to start a nonprofit. It's going to be a girls' club for girls that like smart dudes. Yeah. Did you say that? I'm with that. Yeah. I said that. Yeah, you better start them early. Because when, when they get 15, they're going to know the difference. It's too smart. Oh, God. No, it's never too smart. Never too smart. I don't want to cheer in. Y'all kill me. Let's get back to the community service aspect of this and some of the nonprofits. We've all done a lot of this stuff. Tell your favorite community service story. What was it? What was it that impacted you the most? What lesson can you take throughout your life from, from having that kind of experience and encourage those out there that haven't had a chance to do it to get out there and, and give back? I'll go first. Um, we have Hope for Stanley Foundation. The Hope for Stanley Foundation was founded by our graduate students at the University of Central Florida to help Hurricane uh, Katrina uh, survivors. We go four times a year, our graduate and undergraduate students, and just help. We get in the ninth ward and we just get it done. And that has moved my soul uh, to do that. Faculty, staff, go. Um, you know, I don't want to offend any Colts fans, but how could you not? How could you in your heart not want New Orleans to win the Super Bowl? So that that's where my heart's at with the Saints. Absolutely. I think that's what America's fallen in love with is everything that, that we were able to see, unfortunately, that we had to see New Orleans go through was uh, was Katrina. And I think a lot of people out there are pulling for the Saints for that reason, not so much for the team, but for the city itself and what that would mean to those people. Lionel, tell us your, your best story real quick of your community service and what it's meant to you. Mine was uh, more of a personal. The first kid I worked with, he was, he was diagnosed with ADHD. And he had to take these medications, and he craved for his carbs, and he was like, he was like 10, like 270 pounds. We worked with him for a year and a half. We got him down to 180 pounds in a year and a half. And um, he started getting girlfriends. He started cutting his hair different, wearing his clothes. He had a swagger. Did you talk to NBC? They started a show after that? Because it was the Biggest Loser, right? Yeah, Biggest Loser Kid. Shaq had a show like that. Didn't he have Shaq have a show like that? Yeah. Yeah, but he didn't lose no weight. So then the cheering was like, we don't believe you. <laughs> he took it off the air. Shaq got in some good shape when he was back in Phoenix. Yeah, Kim, tell us, tell us the most inspiring thing you've done on a community service level and, and really what that's meant to you. There's so many inspiring uh, stories that I could tell because every time we go reach out to the community, we always make a change. If you just touch one person's life, then you've made a difference. And uh, I would say we're coming from kids uh, to uh, a young man, foster child, um, out of, you know, uh, a neighborhood and let him spend some time with me for the weekend. He said I took him to Universal Studios. I told him, showed him where he could live if, you know, he just stayed in school and did right. And um, I got an email from him about two years ago that made me ball. He said, all because of you and that one weekend of my life that you showed me that I could live he said, I want to thank you. I'm in college now. My brother's in college. I, I need you to listen to me. I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you. <laughs> He's multitasked. For those of you that haven't seen live radio, we do like a million things at once. I'm, I'm paying attention. I promise you. He's like, I paid attention. I paid attention. I, paid attention. I was telling my story. I just wanted to say that. That's all. I just wanted to bother you. I love your story. Thank you. All right. Kim Willie, Dr. Keith Harrison, Lionel Dalton. I got Lionel to loosen you up. You real hey, straight in there. I swear you know, I'm going to tickle you. I'm going to tickle you. Oh, all right. Yeah, and on that note. <laughs> We got to go see what Miami has in store for us tonight at Super Bowl 44. Real quick, Colts or Saints? Who you got? Saints. 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 I'm picking the Colts, man. Can't go against Peyton. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Murphy's Law on Voice America Sports. Enjoy the game tomorrow. We'll catch you next week, 5 o'clock Eastern time, 2 o'clock Pacific on Voice America Sports.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.